live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody to episode number 172 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, February the 4th, 2023, and my name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank Sasha Parfanov for joining us last Saturday. I'd also like, like to thank Josh Madigan of the Hockey Cards Gong Show for joining last Friday, sorry, last Sunday for the weekly coverage of the hockey auctions ending in their weekly Tomorrow, we will be back with another PLBCC Hockey Auction extended bidding coverage. And if you have not yet heard, the extended bidding on PLBCC's platform has been changed. It is now all access. You do not have to get a bid in before the period starts in order to be eligible to bid in extended bidding. I expect tomorrow night's show to be one of the most fun ones we have ever done. I want to ask you to join the close to a quarter million people who have already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps when you're at a card show or to help you price your cards for sale on any platform. Also check out their collections and their albums feature too. The app is continuously improving. So please join me in supporting the great team and the innovation that they are undertaking. Also, I want to ask you to check out Whatnot app for auctions, group breaks, buy it nows, hosted around the clock by some of the most entertaining breakers in the hobby. Also shout out to Leighton Sheldon, of Just Collect. Leighton will be joining us tonight for a vintage update discussion. I'm excited for this one. We have a great topic for Leighton to address with myself and our guests tonight. I want to thank Kurt. Kurt from the Basketball Card Nerd podcast for having me on. We recorded a podcast for his show yesterday, and that will be dropping on his podcast and YouTube channel again, Basketball Card Nerd early this upcoming week. I want to, as always, thank all of our loyal viewers listeners, subscribers, if you are not yet subscribed to the Sports Cards Live channel, please take a moment and do so. I would greatly appreciate that. As always, your comments, your questions are in play tonight, so let's get to it. Tonight's guests got started in the hobby in middle school during the 1990s junk wax era and came back to the hobby at the beginning of the pandemic. They started their podcast, Cousins Collectibles, on January the 24th, 2022, their favorite teams are all Philadelphia, the Flyers, the Phillies, the Eagles, and the Sixers. And their favorite athletes are Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley, Brian Dawkins, Randall Cunningham, and Roberto Clemente, originally from and currently hailing from Reading, Pennsylvania. Let's bring them out. Cousin Tony, Cousin Oz, welcome guys to Sports Cards Live. And how are you today? Tony. Awesome, man. What an intro. Thank you so much. Man. We're excited to be here. I feel like that was like an autobiography of my life there, man. I'm just, I'm very honored to be on here. This is awesome, Jeremy Lee. Thank you for having us on, man. Yeah. Hey guys, you're welcome. And listen, you had me on your podcast a couple months ago. I had a great time chatting with you then. And, you know, it's always fun to do these, these home and home podcasts with, you know, you host me, I host you. They are fun. I think it's good to spread them out by a couple months anyway, so that, you know, because there are some people that watch a lot of, they consume a lot of content. So you don't want to get too repetitive but it's nice to it's nice to have you guys on and you know give you the sports cards live experience and uh and introduce you to my audience which i'm sure we have some overlap but not completely so it's always great you know what i like to do with this show 
is is really have the audience get to know know more people in the hobby whether you're industry insiders content creators passionate collectors or you you cross over and you dip your toes into all three of those buckets as many people do so guys yeah it, it's great to have you i enjoyed my time on your podcast and for anyone who's listening you know check out cousins collectibles podcast there's an episode with me in there from a while back and uh with that though let's uh let's let's start chatting guys so I want to talk about your hobby history and your relationship. You call yourselves cousins collectibles. I mean, are you guys actually cousins, Tony? Are, are you guys blood? We actually are. We, yeah, we are. So that's kind of what helps drive the show because uh, we can we can rib each other a little bit. You know, we have. I mean, I've known Oz all my life. He is the older of the two. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. It's we are def, we are absolutely a hundred percent related. And it comes through in our show. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's 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 a blast. And I'll you know, I'll let him talk about it a little bit more. But yeah, we have a great time. And it's just week. We now we talk day by day by day by day. So it's insane. But you know, I'll I'll, let, I'll kick it to Oz, and he can tell you a little bit more. But yeah, definitely a definitely a good time. Yeah, it, it's all about family. So what we're doing on our show, it's it's just stuff that we've been doing for years, Jeremy. Just we we talk back and forth, texting. And it's funny, the the dynamic between Tony and I, it's rare that we can be on a phone call. Like it'll be that accidental butt dial and then he'll uh, be like, oh, hey, Tony, hold on, just hang up. I didn't mean to dial, you know, and we, we won't talk at all, but get us on the text all day long. So I'm a mailman. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I was the people's mailman, an actual mailman. And Tony all day long, I really don't know what he does for work, but apparently, I don't know. He has enough time to text me all day long, so I got to go back and forth. Sometimes I'm curtailing the mail, uh, texting Tony. I'll be stuck on a porch on somebody's porch, and Tony hits me up with something funny, and I'm texting back, and I look back, and there's the uh, customer waiting for their mail. I'm like, oops, sorry, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, so Tony and I always going back and forth, and then we just decided at one point, you know what? We started collecting. I was the first one to jump in. And a few months into it, I was like, man, I need a I need a partner. I need a road dog here. Somebody that can, you know, like minded and that's really into sports. So I, I hit up a couple people. Nobody's really into it. And I said, you know, let me let me hit up Tony and see if, if he's on board. And, uh, you know, it took a little bit twisting of the arm. At first, he was like, I don't really know about collecting cars. I think that's kind of like a Ponzi scheme. I'm not really into that. And I was like, nah, bro, just give it a chance. And and, and trust me, trust me. What I, what I lead you down the wrong way, Tony, you know what I mean? Your older cousin. <laughs> and then finally he came on board. And, and then once we started collecting again, the communication, the bond grew even stronger. And this guy came up with a crazy idea. Just, Hey man, why don't we just get on a pod, hit the record button and talk about what we do. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're crazy. I've never done this in my life. You know, I'm, I'm shy to begin with. So what, what the hell do I know about being on a podcast and, and talking and who, who the hell's going to listen anyway? Like, who's going to listen to us? We have no idea. You know, we, we collected when we were younger. We stopped, got back into it, beginning of the pandemic. Like, what are we, what are we going to bring to the table, bro? Like, what, like honestly, he's like, ah, don't worry about that. We'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And here we are, you know, what is it, Tony? Almost 70 episodes. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, you know, things are rolling, and, and we're living, living the dream, as they say. So, what, to Oz, what got you – back into the hobby about five or so years ago after you know you're in it when middle mm-hmm. school as i mentioned in the intro but then you know you know whatever high school happens you know women cars all these things sort of can take the attention of a young card collector's uh mind away mm-hmm. what brought you back into the hobby 
when you did get back into it? Well, I'm not getting any younger there, Jeremy. And, you know, I'm a collector by nature or, or you can call it, quote unquote, hoarder. So I just anything and everything. Um, Tony can tell you I have a very special uh, shot glass collection that I've been <laughs> curating for my entire life since since high school, you know, and anywhere I go, I just collect shot glasses. So that's kind of how, you know, I had the cars always. I always kept them with me. Still have the same shoebox that I had when I was a little kid, all the junk wax that I had. And it's, it's sitting right there underneath my bar. But then it came to a point where it was actually, I remember the day my uh, brother, he had just had a, uh, his son just had a baby boy. So we had a baptism and we were hosting it at my house. We had it in my man cave down here. And everybody is after the party. Everybody's just chilling out. My brother came up to me and he's, he just mentioned something about cards, how they were kind of blowing up. And I was like, bro, you know what? I think I still have all my cards. So I went into my back room where I keep all my stuff and I had a, a big blue box and I pulled it out. And man, I was like, ooh, this is pretty cool. And I didn't know what junk wax was at the time. I'm just like, man, the, the memories are flooding back in. I'm looking at the old Michael Jordan cards, you know, the Fleer, the hoops, 89 hoops, 90. And I'm like, oh, man, I remember all these cards. Look at all these Jordans that I have. I said, these got to be worth something. So the first thing you do, my brother's like, well, why don't you go ahead and see what they're worth? Okay. So I Google, just put in Michael Jordan, 1989 hoops. And, you know, the, they're not comps. They're just the first things that pop, pop up on, on Google, you know, the, the prices that they're selling for. And it's like $8,000, $9,000, $12,000, cards, Michael. I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa. Me and my brother are looking. We're like, dude, you have that one. And you have that one. Oh, bro. You, you know, so we're thinking I'm getting hyped up. I'm like, damn, you know, I've been having these cards for 30 years and I'm, I'm thinking I'm sitting on a gold mine, Jeremy. I'm like, whoa, this is nice. So, I, you know, the party's over. I was like, all right, everybody got to go home because I, I just found out that I, I've been sitting on a gold mine. I got to figure this all out. It's like I just hit the lottery. And I'm just looking at all these, you know, they're not comps. They're just what people are asking for. It, it was like at that time, everything's going through the roof. So people are just putting raw cards on there. It was There was like the 8990 Hoops uh, Magic Johnson card that I had. And I was like, oh, man, $8,000 raw. So I'm thinking I call up, you know, my boys. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember just one time I went to, like I said, I'm a mailman. And a buddy of mine is actually a vintage baseball collector. His name's Corky. And uh, I went in real confident the next day to work because he was talking a lot of smack on, you know, oh, I collect, you know, Mickey Mantle and you know, all these guys. And I was like, Shh. I walked into work the next day. I was like, dude, get ready to get your mind blown. He's like, what's up? I said, dude, I've been collecting these cards. You got to check them out. I said, I got binders full, man. He's like, oh, yeah, what do you got? I said, yo, basketball. He's like, yeah. And he kind of gave me a weird look. And I was like, what's up? He's like, oh, no, no, no. You know, bring them in, bring them in. I said, oh, yeah, okay, tomorrow I'll bring them in. But, bro, I'm telling you telling you he's like eh, well, I'll, I'll look at it i'll look at it so i bring him in the next day and i lay it down and i put it right there on his case and he's looking through him he's like mm-hmm yeah oh okay michael jordan yeah charles barkley okay kareem abdul oh yeah real nice real nice closes the book puts it i'm like so what's up what do you think it's like yeah man it, it looks real good i said so you know your thoughts you're you're the collector how much you think i got in there he's like uh, i would say about 17 dollars and 50 cents <laughs> and I said, what? He's like, yeah, bro. He's like, listen, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but that's junk wax. I was like, what the hell is junk wax? He's like, well, it's overproduced cards that usually, you know, like the, the late 80s, 90s, they just overproduced them. Everybody had them. You're not the only one with these cards. 
and it's just not worth anything. I'm, I, I don't mean to be an ass, but sorry. And in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> you know, I just spent the last three days thinking I, I'm the man. And now you're bursting my bubble. And I'm thinking, oh, he's just a hater. He's just a, he collects vintage baseball. What does he know? So I take my cards back home. And I was like, you know what? Let, let me see what this is all about. So I start doing some research, start listening to some podcasts. I start, uh, you know, doing real research on the Internet, seeing what these cards are worth, finding out what comps are. And come to find out, lo and behold, Jeremy, I don't have a damn thing there. There was nothing of worth that I had in that collection. So being 47 years old or at the time, you know, 44, I was like, man, I kind of got some disposable income. And I think I want to do this right. So let me go ahead and do the research. And that's when I started collecting on my own. And then a little bit later, that's why I said I brought in Tony. I know that was a little long winded, but we got a couple hours. So there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask this. When you started doing your research, was mm -hmm. there, did you come across any content creators or any uh, podcasts or anything that kind of helped, helped to spark the fire beneath you or helped to provide you with some direction as yeah. far as what you might collect or what sport to look at or what mm -hmm. era to look at? Or, or were you just going to go at it as with, with respect to what you liked and what you wanted what, what was there? Was there any encouragement that you found? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was listening to anything and everything at the time. I mean, the big ones that I was listening to because I, I do. Lo I love basketball. That's what I grew up playing. Um, so, like the Wax Museum, um, I, I was listening to that constantly. Um, Chris Hoge and Christina's PC, you know, House of Jordans, was a real big influence on, on me. And the what led me to my Allen Iverson collecting Allen Iverson was after listening to Chris Hoge and him getting the red Jordan PMG and a bunch of the inserts that they were talking about the nineties inserts. I fell in love, you know, the jambalayas and you know, the noise boys and the golden touch and all those dope inserts. I was like, man, so I was like, I want to do that. So then I start checking the prices for the Jordans and I know you got in right before the boom and you got a lot of those inserts. But when I went to look at them, those prices were ridiculous. And I was like, mm, that's not going to work for me. So I'm going to need to get somebody that I like, that I love and get the same inserts. But I'm not going to be able to afford the Jordan. So it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, I highly doubt anybody's collecting Allen Iverson. I think I might be the only one. And boy, was I wrong. I, yeah. I got on Instagram. I never had a social media account other than Facebook with my wife. You know, we shared it, but I, I wasn't really a big social media guy. So I got on the Instagram and I just put in Allen Iverson just to see if anybody had anything. And it was like about a thousand Allen Iverson accounts. And I always go back to the one guy who was the Philly card collector who was kind of my inspiration. And when it comes to Allen Iverson collection, he's like the who, who, who's who. And he had anything and everything. And it was just amazing what this guy's collection that he had. So I was kind of like, it was almost like a virtual checklist that I was going down. I was like, okay, check, got that one, check, got that one. And then that's basically how it all started. Talk a bit, Tony, about how, um, you know, I, I did put this as the title, you know, coming full circle in the hobby. That's something that we discussed the other night. Tony, what what did you guys mean by that? And just describe how it uh, relates to, to your relationship with Oz. Yeah. So basically, we're, we're four years apart. So now it doesn't seem like a lot. But when Oz was 16 and I was 12, those are two different worlds. You know, he's already into girls and all that stuff. And I'm just, you know, playing with the Nintendo up above my head over here. So, you know, back then we, we were just living two different lives and two different worlds. 
fast forward, um, you know, we talk here and there, but it was not, you know, like it is now, not even close. So, you know, he introduces me to the hobby. Basically, the one day we're watching a game and, you know, he shoots a, over a picture of a card. I'm like, what the heck is that? He's like, I collect cards. I'm like, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, because, I, I, you know, coming up, well, I used to collect too. And, and But then I just thought once in the, once I got to high school, like card collecting just totally died. I didn't even know it was still a thing. Um, so he's like, yeah, I collect cards. And, you know, looks like, okay, dude, whatever. So, but eventually, you know, he, he wears me down and we get, start collecting and now we're talking you know daily regular all the time all the time we're talking about cards we're talking about cards and what happens now is now we're growing a lot closer and that is basically the gist of our show because you know we'll get into that but we talk about the relationships and people so the whole coming full circle with that is just that we're a ways away from each other years ago now you know fast forward we're constantly talking about cars. We're sharing our mail days. We're, we're helping each other out with um, we're bouncing ideas off of each other with, you know, hey, what do you think about this purchase or what do you think about this trade or whatever? And it's awesome to have someone to bounce that off. Someone who I feel I can trust a thousand percent because if it's somebody on the Internet, yeah, we talk a lot, but I don't really know you other than your persona on the Internet. You know, this guy, if something happens, I can just go down to his house and be like, dude, what the heck's your problem? <laughs> so, you know, that's. um it's uh so it's awesome just having that uh person that you can you know trust and build in the hobby so yeah it, it's for sure always good to have someone that, that you can trust because it's you know when you're blood when you're actual cousins you, you know that's something that you you pretty much know you guys can trust each other tony you know oz obviously can talk uh, we, we've we've seen we've seen that already tonight <laughs> um was he always this outgoing and uh and uh, he seems like quite the extrovert talk a little bit about how he was you know growing up and a bit touch to tony a little bit on your relationship with him were you guys always this close or did the podcast and the hobby make you guys closer than you'd ever been so two things closer than you've ever been now because the podcast and has he always been this outgoing yeah so close yeah definitely closer now than we've ever been and i was a kid i hated this guy that's the honest truth (laughs) so i just thought he was a jerk because he would just always treat me like a little punk and maybe i was a little punk so maybe i deserve some of it still that's you know that's neither here nor there but uh you know i says he's he was an introvert i i see it as he was just a jerk but you know (laughs) he just says it that way but again we're living we're living two different worlds it it was just with four years it's, it's wild how that how just that little bit of time, but it's just depending what ages you are, it could just be millions. It might as well be millions of years. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, now it's, again, we just, it's, I talk to him more than my wife, you know, it's, it's not even close. Like, yeah, sometimes I see him more than my, I see my wife in passing. I'm like, Hey honey, I'm like, where are you going? She's like, Oh, podcast. She's like, Oh geez. All right, here we go again. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. And I, I'll let him tell his version of the story. He might have a little bit of a different version, but mine is yeah. the truth. I mean, you, you were yeah, a little young, so you might not remember. Right. Yeah, I want, I want to hear from you first. I want because we've talked about the relationship quite a bit. I want to hear from you about, you know, were you were you quieter as a kid? And, mm-hmm. and, and if that if you were, what happened? Like, how does the podcast how did the podcast help help you with that? Let's say so. Yeah. When I was a kid, I'm going to be honest, Jeremy, I was the shyest kid in the room. We'd be at family events and I'd just be one of, be the wallflower. You know, the only thing, honestly, that ever got me out on events was was dancing. 
it was my my two favorite things was sports and it was dancing. If you got me onto a basketball court or onto a field, I would just transform. It was almost like Brian Dawkins from, you know, coming out of the the tunnel and ready to play football. And it just I transformed. But if you got me into a social situation where it's just people and even if it was family or just, you know, God forbid it was strangers, I I always felt like nothing that I said nobody wanted to hear. Like, you know, it was just like Eh, whatever. I'm invisible. So it took me a long time to come out of my shell. Um, and this this podcast, what it's done for me, it's almost been like therapy, honestly, Jeremy, like just being able to talk. And, and what it is, it's the passion that I have, you know, for the sports and for the collecting. So the two combined, it allows me to bring out what I have inside of me because it's tough. If I were to be talking about something else, you know, just something random subject, I probably feel like I wasn't educated enough or I I just, you know, what I had had to offer really wouldn't um, be beneficial to anyone. So I'd kind of like stay quiet and everyone, every once in a while chime in. But when, you know, we're talking about these cards and then we're talking about the love of the sports, it's just something in me. I, I, I got to like get let it out. I got I got to get my opinions out and you're going to you're going to hear me. You're going to hear Cousin Oz and it's my alter ego. And, you know, this whole thing, my wife like looks at me and she's like, well, how do you act like that on there? And then when you're done, you come up here and you're like dull as hell. You don't say anything. You never talk to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. Tony brought it out of me. And she's like, yeah, OK, you're full of it. And I'm just <laughs> like, you know, so it, it, it really, though, it, it really has brought me. We go again back to the, the full circle. Um, it, it just I, I don't know what it is. It's like you, the, the bright lights come on. And there's just certain people that they gra- gravitate towards that. And, you know, some people fold. And I, I like to think that I, I step up to the plate and try to do the best that I can. I mean, the hobbies, the hobby's good for that. You know, it's good for bringing people together, whether you're related or not. And, uh, and, and now with how tight the community is and how, how, uh, accessible the community is on various platforms, even, you know, in person and virtual, lots of opportunities to talk to people and get to know more people and, and share our, our common love for, for cardboard. Let's take a moment and just say hello to, we got a bunch of people here. Jake Dahl, what's going on? Jeff McMahon, Chris C is here. Ronnie, good to see you. Perk, what's happening? Fire Sports Cards, good to see you. Jason Wormy, he got a shout out from Gary V on my show last uh, last week. Um, this is a buddy of mine. We call him the Worm Dog. Welcome to the show, Worm Dog. Collector's Dream, what's happening? Craig Shackner, nice to wow. see you. Welcome to the show. Mitch is in the house. Foul Fireball, that's Jeremy. Good to see you. There's our friend Rob Gerard, hey. the fourth card therapist. Somebody that we'll get into him a little bit further because you guys do some some collaborations with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on to say, "Jeremy with the cousins is like a clash of two amazing, <laughs> unique segments of the hobby." Thank you for that, uh, Rob. Collector's dream agrees. Says, "Yeah, continuing to bring on the cream of the crop." There you go, guys. That's really nice. <laughs> Collector's dream. This is a nice comment. Says, "Great to see the cards bringing people together." And you know, let's face it, it is nice when cards bring people together. There's, you know, we just like in any in any arena in life, there there is there is divisiveness in our hobby as well as there is in in, in just a normal regular society. So I like this comment because. You know we don't provide we don't promote the divisiveness here on sports cards live we promote the inclusion uh chris c says i wish i had the family dynamic you guys have collecting better if you have family involved <laughs> yeah as long as they're not cowboys fans i i under I get, I get that but yeah collecting is more fun 
if you have like that really close person involved, uh, it's important. We got Joe Perot in the house. What's going on, Joe? What's up? <laughs> Good to see you, pal. Craven Cards, what's going on? Good evening to you. Uh, D Perez says the cousins, cousin, I don't know if he's talking about you guys or cousins in general, but let's, <laughs> let's assume he's talking about both. Very nice. And Steve Clifton, welcome to the show. Okay, guys, I want to move along now. And I mean, we're still, it seems like this is going to be, we're going to have a similar theme kind of throughout this episode, but I want to talk a bit about being passionate for the hobby and being passionate for, you know, you can be passionate for the cards. You can be passionate for the team and the players on the cards. A lot of people are passionate for the values of the cards. Where do you guys draw your passion from first and foremost? We're going to start with you, Tony, on this one, and then we'll go to you, Oz. So uh, before I com completely answer that, I want to back up a little bit because uh, you mentioned Gary V. That was another hook that got me into the hobby because of his passion. Oz sent me this. He's like, hey, check this guy out. If after, you know, watch this, you don't want to collect, then fine. So I watched this video. I'm like, you know, I was like, geez, man, this guy, uh, he really he really knows how to get people amped up. So that was, you know, <laughs> you want to talk about passion. That guy exudes it. So yeah, kudos to him on that. As far as where I draw Hold the on. passion. Yep, go ahead. Hold on. Before you move on from that. So because, you know, Gary V and, you know, as, as you know, he was on with me last week and I thought we had a great 16, 17 minute uh, interview. It's it's all the time I was I was allotted. But, you know, he he comes under criticism regularly for various things within the hobby you know i fair or not i mean i think he i think he gets a bit of a uh, a, a bad rap for things that maybe not deserve it um but what you just said i think is where we got to give gary v a lot of credit because tony you are a a committed hobbyist right now not just a collector but also a content creator in the space and if gary v had a direct kind of cause of that, then we, we should be thanking him. And we know that you're not the only one. There's going to be many. He probably attracted some people who were just in it for the money who are maybe no longer here or converted to being true collectors. I know that happened, but he brought you in. I mean, that right there is a wonderful thing. It, awesome. That helps you out as well. Right. So yeah. that's a good thing. I just wanted to, to point yeah. that out because, you know, he does get a lot of sort of bad press among certain factions of our hobby. And um, I think that some of it is is probably unwarranted. So with that, sorry, Tony, back to you. No, no, worries. <laughs> no, no worries. And and with his message where, you know, I know he gets a lot of flack for uh, the line of cards he put out or certain, if he talks about a certain card and they say, oh, you're, you know, you're manipulating the market. I just took his passion for, say he mentions uh, whoever, uh, Joe Namath. I don't care about Joe Namath. I don't collect Joe Namath, but I, that passion for Joe Namath, I can put into Randall Cunningham. Roberto Clemente, guys that I like. So, I, you know, I don't have to follow exactly what he's saying as far as cards go, but the message, sure. You know, and I apply that to this. And, I mean, the uh, this shoulder here, this drawing here of Roberto Clemente is, um, you know, you want to talk about passion. That guy <laughs> represents uh, an entire community of people. And that's, you know, so that is where I draw. When I first started collecting, it was a lot of things that I was buying to flip. I had that mentality of, oh, hey, I'm going to make some money that, you know, we'll talk about that then. But that went by the wayside. And now I'm like, man, well, once I started collecting things that hit me in the fields, totally different level. You know, now I don't sell any of my cars. Now I just keep collecting. So I got to figure out how to work on that. But it's uh, 
when I buy a card, I sit at it now and I'm looking, I'm like, man, this is awesome. And I just, you know, and now I take care of it. I have, they all have to be in a certain manner. Uh, they, they have to be wrapped the same way. I have a little bit of hobby OCD. That's okay. You know, <laughs> but the, the whole, our show, my collection, everything I do is passionate. When I'm watching sports on Sunday, I'm yelling at the screen. Like I'm spent in two in a week, you know, the Super Bowl is going to be played and I know win or lose the Eagles. I'm going to be worth a damn after that game because I'm going to be spent. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to be yelling. I'm going to be screaming. I'm going to be jumping up and down. And that just, that's just who I am. And I, that's how I collect. That's awesome. I mean, listen, I want to, I want to, I want to pull out of you. Like, what is it that make that, that you're passionate about in the hobby? And when you say, you know, you look at a card and it gets you in the feels, Uh I know, I know exactly what you mean by that. I have, I have a reaction sometimes as well. And, uh, here, Rob, Rob makes the comment too. I can't, I don't know what that box is, but feels equals <laughs> something, you know? Um, so I, I, I totally, I totally relate, relate to that. Uh, Oz, what about you in terms of like passion for the sports cards versus the values? There's so much, there's so much content out there, you know, charts and graphs and record sales and, you know, and, and record losses that we're seeing on some <laughs> cards, you know, come like, you know, certain ones that have come down in value from on various auction houses and that. Um, wh- what about you? Where, where, what are you p- most passionate for as a, don't, not your content. We're going to get to the yeah. content a little bit later. What are you most passionate about as a collector of sports cards? Yeah. See what it, what I, I think it comes from is my passion for sports. I, I, I love all sports. I mean, I'm not as big a hockey fan as you are, but you know, I, you I, I, I dabble, I dabble, but, um, you know, basketball, football, baseball to a certain degree, um, but basketball and football are my major ones. So, I, I, I mean, I, I really love those sports, especially when it comes, you can obviously see I got the Eagles, you know what I mean? I got some Allen Iverson. That's what I grew up on, you know, the Dr. J's, the Charles Barkley. So my dad was a huge Phillies fan. He's passed away since uh, 2015. But anytime I think of baseball, you know, it just brings back those memories and the passion that my dad had for them. Um, so just watching the teams. And then when I said, you know, let, let me get back into collecting what I want to collect. It's just going to be an extension of what I'm already passionate for, which is going to be my, my sports teams. And even aside from sports, if, if I like a certain show, you know, there's there's cards for everything, Jeremy. You know what I mean? Like you you know for for you know all the you know pop culture stuff that's out there. I mean, I love that stuff. Anything, you know, the Fonzie, which we talked about when you came on. You know what I mean? I love Arthur Fonzarelli and, and what he did for me. Like to me, he was one of my idols growing up. You know, just the coolest dude on the planet. All he had to do was walk into Arnold's. He had you know his arms around the two girls. He's bumping <laughs> the jukebox. The music's coming on. He's snapping his fingers. And I mean, it was just like unbelievable he's jumping over sharks you know and that's where we get the term you know once a show jumps a shark you know that came from you know happy days um you know and then we go from there we we talk about three's company but there's like all kinds of things um that i'm so passionate for like i said i love movies i love sports so why not be about it and how do i be about it i say okay i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is so if i'm such a huge Allen iverson fan i'm gonna try to have the biggest most best uh, Allen Iverson collection and same thing. I love Stranger Things. That's another thing we'll be talking about. But like I have a a, 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 a freaking Stranger Things collection that's growing by the day. And, and it's me and my daughter 
just going back and forth. I'm getting her involved. She's 11 years old and she's loving every minute of it because dad's coming home every day with, with a gift for her. But it's honestly a gift for me because I'm just getting a kick out of it. So <laughs> it's just that passion. And, and like I said, it, it's just manifesting those passions into cardboard. And, you know, so that every time you, you look at it, you're like, damn, you know, I'm getting a physiological response from this, you know, Alan Iverson. And like you said, you just takes you to a place, man. It really, it really does. You both have mentioned that, you know, you love watching sports. You're fans of all sports. And, you know, I started out that way, too, as a hobbyist. It was because I was going to hockey games all the time or I was watching the Blue Jays on TV being in Canada or I was watching the Detroit Pistons because that was the feed I got where I grew up in Winnipeg. I got Michigan radio. I got Detroit radio. So I was watching those those nice. highlights, you know when I bought my first little TV to sit in my bed, when I, you know, from my paper route money, like <laughs> anyway, I agree, you know, watching what being a, you can be a card collector and not know a ton about sports. You know, it depends what you're collecting. Mm -hmm. You might collect your favorite team or collect the players that are the most legendary. Um, but how important is it really to be a sports fan or, cause I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think that you have to be, a, a diehard sports fan in order to be like allowed to collect cards or to be accepted into this community. I certainly don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. Some people just love, love cards for cards. And even for myself, I went from, you know, sports first card second to now it's cards first sports second. You know, I, I'm more, I spend more time consuming card content than I do actual watching actual games on, on TV or wherever, like way more now. So it's, uh, you know, you follow the stats and everything, but for you guys, Oz, like, how do you feel that you would you would be a card collector if you weren't as much into the sports, or is it the sports that that is it being a fan of sports that really fuels your card collecting passion? I think it's a little bit of both, um, but when it comes to cards, I think a lot of it has to do with nostalgia as well. And like, and like, you know, we just talked about the feels with Rob, you know, putting up the little emoji. It's just those emotions. Like, and again, it go goes back to that physiological response. Um, Going back to your childhood is such a powerful emotion and it, it just brings back so many memories. And, and it's like, a, like I always talk about, like a dopamine, adrenaline rush um, and just looking at certain things. And it takes you back to those, you know, times when, you know, let's let's let's, you know, times were better back in the day when you were a kid. You didn't have the worries that you have as an adult. You know, you're just out there. You're you're waking up, you're getting something to eat and your mom will be back, you know. Make sure you're back before, you know, when, when the lights come on at night, I need you back in the house. All right, cool, cool. You know, I took my basketball, got on my bike, went down, you know, played basketball all day, watched some sports when I came back. And then you just, you know, you start collecting these cards of, of your heroes that, that you grew up. Like I said, the Dr. J's, the, you know, the Barclays and, and the Allen Iverson. So now that I have these and, you know, you look at them and, you know, you got them all nice and they're graded and, you know, high values. It's, it, it really doesn't, you know, do I want my collection to be worth something? Yes. Obviously everybody we're, we're putting serious money. It's not like we're just going ahead and, you know, our collections are worth 10 bucks. No, you know, we're spending 1500, 3000, 6,000, you know, sometimes God knows we don't even want to say, you know, you're spending the amount of a car on, on, on particular cards, which is ridiculous. Cause if my wife would hear me right now, she'd slap me across the face. Like what, what did you say? No, no, nothing, nothing. But that's what, you know, we always talk about leveling up and, and on those things in a hobby, but you know, these cards, yeah, you want the values to be there, but at the end of the day, I get more of that, you know, that passion, that emotion. And like you said, that, that response, like just looking at those cards, that, that means more to me 
than say, because honestly, you can't take, you know, unless you're a flipper, unless you're constantly in the business of going ahead, getting the cards and selling them, getting the cards, you're setting up at a show, you're a dealer, you know, dealer, flipper, however you want to portray yourself. But you're in the process of getting these cards and reselling them. You know, aside from that, just as being a collector by itself, you know, the, the just basically these cards, they, they mean a lot more to you than just the value. Right. No, for sure. Um, okay. So Leighton Sheldon has joined us. He is in the back room. Leighton, I see you there. We'll bring you out in just a moment. And it's actually a good segue because I wanted the next question I was going to ask you guys was really about the community within our hobby and the community that you guys and the communities that you guys have really uh, found yourself being accepted by and becoming a part of. Um, and then you also made the comment about, you know, whether you're uh, someone who's buying and selling, like Leighton is in the business. He's got a couple of businesses in the hobby, so he buys and sells cards. And uh, but he's also a, a very passionate uh, collector. So I want to I want to kind of uh, I want to I want to include both of those topics within within this part. So um, I'm going to bring him out, but we're gonna we're gonna hear from you guys sort of first on the community piece, and then I want I want Leighton to give us his view from the vintage perspective because he travels in. You know, like Rob Gerard said earlier in the comments, there's different sort of, uh, and how did he put it? Um, he said different, yeah, you, he said this one here, unique segments of the hobby. And, I, and you know, there's fun, it's funny. There are unique segments of the hobby, but there is overlap because we're not forced to only collect vintage or modern or ultra modern. People can cross and do it all. So um, before I bring Leighton out very quickly, I do want to say hello to... Uh, Diamond Card Collector, welcome to the show. Uh, Rob says that Clemente is a legend. I think uh, we can all agree with that. And uh, Chris says, I think your Eagles win it all, but I'd be happier if they didn't because my Mahomes rookies will dip. <laughs> Kobe, I collect, and he was from Philly, if memory is correct. Uh, yeah, yep. Laura yep. Marion, hi. Kobe gave Iverson props also. Very nice. Steve Clifton here says, so true about nostalgia. I started a Pete Rose rookie, uh, sorry, PC because he was my favorite player as a kid. Recall late nights on the porch with my dad listening to Reds games when Pete was chasing DiMaggio. That's a really good memory, Steve. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we've got the Currency Project in the house. If you're not following these guys on Instagram, you need to. They do some really cool card art work. All right, with that, Leighton, there you are. Welcome back to the show. It's been uh, been eight days. We, we, did, we did a special episode last uh, Friday together talking about your road trip to Florida. You went on a buying trip to pick up inventory for Just Collect, your your store, your online business, and also Vintage Breaks, your, your vintage breaking business. Welcome back. How are you doing on this fine Saturday, sir? I'm growing a little cold here in the Northeast. I appreciate you having me on. What's up, uh, gentlemen? It's nice to meet you guys. How are you doing, Layton? Oh, good, thanks. So, Layton, um, thanks for coming on. I want to I wanna go back to, uh, to Tony and, and Oz for a moment. And we're going to talk about the community a little bit and just kind of freestyle with it. Um, Tony, why don't we go back to you? Talk a bit about, you know, what, you know, listen, you have your own, your very close community with, with you and Oz. And then you've got also your, I would say from my, from only my perspective, your next level, which would be maybe the wolf pack that is like this group of content creators that you've linked up with, including Rob Gerard and others. Um, and then there's the overall community when you go to card shows and online. So speak a bit towards the community and really the importance of it and how much you enjoy it. 
Yeah. The, uh, the overall community has been awesome. So the, so we, like I said, we have our little group, but then it's expands. So I collect some vintage and some nineties stuff and a little bit of modern. I just have one or two cards. So I kind of dabble and I see all three communities and from day one, I haven't had a bad thing to say about anyone in the community. I mean, I mean, we've been welcomed with open arms. We've met people at the shows, which is, that's my favorite part. So I'm going to the show tomorrow and I can't wait. If I don't pick up a card, eh, so what? But I'm, I told my wife, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see some of my hobby friends. She's like, you know, these are people that I meet online and I've seen at other shows. And that's so much fun. And when you talk to people who are in cards, it's almost like, you know, you've known each other forever. You just, you know, hey, what do you collect? What do you collect? And then it just, you just, run run a whole sweet conversation from there and before you know it, you're there 20 30 minutes you haven't bought a card and like oh man i should probably get to moving but then you go you know a couple booths over and it's the same thing again and that's it's great and you, you, we have it online but when it's in person i think it's like nothing beats that i'm definitely looking forward to doing that tomorrow and as far as you know we have that wolf pack that's a whole nother thing too you want to talk about a group that we can bounce ideas off of each other like me and I do, but now it's next level where it's like, you have all these other content creators and they see things uh, a lot different. We have a couple guys that they sell and flip cards. So they're looking at it from a dealer aspect. We have guys that just collect. And when we're having these conversations, they're awesome. Cause you know, with all these different points of views, you're like, Oh man, I didn't think of that that way. And you know, it, it helps build it. It's helped me be a better collector, a better content creator. Cause that's always something we strive for. So overall, the community is it's always just something that I look forward to that. That's probably more fun than, than the cards itself sometimes. Yeah, they all, it comes comes back to the, the hobby being the people in many ways, um, the cards, oh. the people. Layton, you know, you've been in the hobby for as long as I have. I mean, it's a long time. You've been in the hobby a long time, but you've been in the hobby uh, really as you call yourself a professional, a, a baseball card treasure hunter. What? Can you speak a bit to the community, Leighton, that, you know, amongst your peers has, how has it evolved in the last 10 years and how has it evolved even in the last couple of years as the hobby has gone through this resurgence, um, you know, basically, you know, from when the pandemic really started uh, a little bit about that, if you don't mind, just to do some comparing and contrasting to kind of some of the newer communities that have come about. Sure. Well, you know, I appreciate the opportunity, uh, I do think some of it is similar to what Tony was just sharing. Um, it just, it came out of the vintage card space for me versus let's say more modern cards. But the reality of it is, and I had a couple of notes before I'd come on and made a couple of notes while everyone was chatting. Um, I think no matter what genre you're in, modern, vintage, if you're a content creator, if you work for an auction house, I was thinking about this the other day when I met someone for the first time, um, unrelated to the hobby, and I was explaining to them, you know, when I graduated Rutgers College in 2000, to me, it doesn't seem that long ago. I realized to my son, Crosby, who's eight, that seems like a very long time ago because it's more than his lifetime. So I think everything's about perspective. And so for me, the hobby, the business of the hobby, then the hobby itself has come so far in just that time. And that was after, you know, I'd already enjoyed it, saw the birth of grading and PSA, and so kind of what I'm getting to is we're all coming about it from like a different perspective. But the reality of it is we're all ending up in like this big pot of stew. And so it doesn't really matter if it's vintage. It doesn't matter if it's modern. And like I said, without sounding like a broken record, it really doesn't matter 
where you're coming from. Um, as Tony said, like, hey, when I go to a card show, I'll be honest, Tony, like, you know, I do this for a living. So I do hope to buy some cards to eventually sell them. But thankfully, in my old age or older age, I've begun to smell the roses a little bit more. Not just the baseball card shows, which, to be honest with you, doesn't always smell so good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, outside of their uh, point being is being appreciative and, be, and being grateful. And so when I go to a card show, it no longer becomes mandatory. Like, wow, if I don't spend $5,000, it wasn't deemed successful. Right. It's not like that at all. It's more a matter of like, wow, do I get to experience it with my son? Awesome. Am I going to introduce him to two or three of my dealer friends slash like hobby friends today? Wow. That seems really fulfilling to me. And so I think the way you were just describing a few minutes ago, Tony, I don't begrudge someone who wants to flip. I mean, I'm going to buy and I might sell that piece eventually. Right. And that's how we pay our employees at our companies. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd also say, and you're talking about like what's happened in recent years. So in recent years, because I got into breaking on the vintage break side, there's this whole new community of folks who were kind of already collecting vintage. They didn't really all know they wanted to do it. And then they all found each other through this community. And I think that's really interesting as well. And I think that's happened across the way. Jeremy, for example, like people who like your show and like your podcast, all of a sudden you notice maybe similar names every week that are in the chat and they may not know each other, but if you run into them at a show and they run into you, they're definitely going to recognize you, Jeremy. I've seen it. You're pretty tall. So, <laughs> you know, point, point being is, is that um, it is what you want to make of it. So if you want to keep your head down and you just want to collect, What's super cool is no one's going to judge you or they shouldn't, right? If someone wants to go to a convention and they got their pen in their ear and they got their notebook and they're very serious about like they're buying or for that matter, they're collecting. I don't judge. I know sometimes I'm in a zone and people are like, hey, late, I screamed your name across the room. Like, you know, I don't know. It's really focusing on the Shaggy Robbins card. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> so, so the point being is like, you know, listen, it is what you make of it. Um, it's really fun to hear different angles and perspectives um you know but i think ultimately like i said we're, we're kind of all, all in this big pot of stew together and uh it's fun to be asked to, to be on for a few minutes and i really appreciate it yeah oh no it, it's I, I love your i love your perspectives leighton and you know you you just bring you bring it from a different angle than uh than than tony and oz do right now or even myself uh tonight oz let's hear from you on this uh you know you've heard from you've heard from your cousin tony from leighton a bit of myself what uh, what would you like to say on this topic? I mean, like you said, it's a very tasty stew. It's something that I continue to eat every day, and it keeps getting better and better. Never gets stale. Never get goes bad. Um, it's just listen, the Wolf Pack, for example. We have a, a real therapist, Rob Gerard, sports card therapist. Ken Karen, sports card lessons. He's a retired teacher. Craig Shackner. New York City Sports Cards, he's a teacher. You have Carmine Jemmy from Carmine's Cards. He's a news and a sports broadcaster, all right? You have Dave Sylvester, who's DJ Sports Cards, another teacher. Then you have Shane Norton, who works for ESPN, you know, behind the scenes, cameraman. It's like, I'm a mailman. Tony, again, I don't know what you do, but no, I'm just kidding. He works for, for Goya Foods. <laughs> And I think he sells beans or something like that. Is that what that, how that something goes? Like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and then he also runs, you know, basketball tournaments on the East coast, um, you know, for, for what is that? Um, yeah. We can't give them a commercial. So go ahead. No, no, but I'm just saying <laughs> for the kids, what, what's that called? Yeah. AAU, youth, uh, AAU sports. Youth sports. Yeah. AAU sports. So up and down the East coast, Tony runs tournaments for that, which I think is, is, is awesome as well. But, you know, we're from all different 
parts, you know, teachers, therapists, basketball tournament guy, mailman, and we're all getting together because of these cards. And we just get in and it's just a bunch of guys just having fun. We're getting in the DMs. We're talking about cards. We're talking about life. And besides that, once you start doing this content and you have the community, the people that listen to you and they start hitting you up in the DMs, like there's nothing greater on a Monday. We know once we release an episode, the DMs start flooding in from people either, you know, most of the time they, they love it. Sometimes they don't. But just getting that feedback, it's just like, you know, feels like you're you're the richest man alive. It, you know, it, it does like you could care less about the values of anything. Just getting that feedback from people that actually, you know, took the time to spend an hour listening to you, which is nuts. It blows my mind every time I think about it. But the fact that they say, oh, man, this is good. Let me go on Instagram and say, hey, guys, great episode. You guys are cool. And it's like, whew, I'm there doing my mail. And, and Tony's like, yo, I just got this one. I just got this one. And it's just like, now I start whistling. Now I'm dancing. And everybody's looking at me like, what the hell is your problem? Eh, don't worry about me. I'm good to go. Pepping your staff, right? Yeah. Pepping your staff is your delivering that mail for yeah. Sure. yeah it's uh it, it is it is great to get feedback as a content creator and and you know to take it just one level past that is it's great when someone sends you a message and then they say you know i learned something or you opened my eyes to something or you know you, you like that that's that's the uh the feedback that we receive sometimes that is uh the fuel that keeps guys like us going and continuing to uh to create create more, more and more content. Layton, I, I just want to go back to you for a second because before you came on, the three of us were on here talking and I don't know if you'll remember, but there were two times when I saw you chuckling back there. Do you, do you, re sorry to put you on the spot, but do you remember what it was that, that was, that had you kind of laughing in the background there? No, I mean, maybe I can look at my notes and try to figure it out. <laughs> oh, I think, I think one of them, yes. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it might've been you, Oz, who made a comment about like you really like to buy and you don't like to sell and that could be a problem and you know <laughs> and so yeah. you know you realize like i'm not a mailman and so i kind of wish i was because probably pretty good benefits pretty steady pay and the point is is like if you want to buy the cards and not sell them it's not an issue so can you imagine if you're a professional card treasure hunter but yet you don't want to sell your your treasure it's kind of like it's a problem. Like I like yeah. to eat, you know. I'm saying yeah. my son is eight; he's growing. He doesn't play AAU yet, but he does play baseball and you know a bunch of other different things. And like we need food. Yeah, uh, maybe Goya can make a donation. You know, like, <laughs> um, but but all kidding aside, because uh, I could chat for hours with you guys. Seem real friendly and down to earth and easy to get along with. I kind of wanted to leave you with this thought, Jeremy, um, Oz, and Tony. Is you know for myself personally, a lot of change in the last year or so, um, something I've incorporated in my personal life uh, is a gratitude list, okay? I, I can't say I do it every day. I wish I did, but I do it most of the time. And something I've done recently, this is a small little um, note, is that instead of doing it, for example, like on my phone in the notes section, I've actually taken it now down to like a journal slash like a notebook, and it definitely feels different, like a little bit nicer to be detached from the phone. So the reason why I bring it up is this. We're talking about the hobby and I think no matter what angle we're going to come at it from, content creator, so on and so forth, I think that we can all agree it would be kind of fun, whether it be it's weekly, it's monthly, we get something going on IG where it is actually a hobby gratitude list. It doesn't have to look too much different than your gratitude list, per se, 
But I can tell you, I wrote down a few and I don't really need a glance at it because they're pretty easy for me. And I won't name names. So as you said, Tony, I like your saying, there won't be any free commercials for people. <laughs> um, but like, for example, one buddy who I do a bunch of business with, we play tennis probably every week to every 10 days. And like that definitely would have never happened with a hobby. I might have played tennis against someone else because I'm an avid tennis fan and I love to play. But the reality of it is like, we actually have done deals in the parking lot of this tennis club and attracts it's hysterical. Um, <laughs> and so the second thing is when I travel, I have this like newfound, like, you know what? I might go to this area because my buddy Jim owns a record shop. And, you know, maybe instead of like going to a hotel to rent a conference room, I'll do it at his record shop. We'll do some deals. We'll film it. And like, that's not possible if you don't really immerse yourself in what you do. In other words, we all yeah. do something for a living. But yet, if you're really passionate about, that's how these opportunities, you know, arise. And believe me, I continue to go on and on. Um, but I just want to share with you, uh, yeah. you know, my quick take on that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, thanks, Leighton. Uh, appreciate your insights as always. And um, thanks for popping in. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you, uh, Tony and Oz. Uh, thanks for having me, Jeremy. And I'll well, talk to you guys soon. And you guys are all East Coast, so you know Philly, Jersey, not that far away. From maybe you'll go. maybe you'll see each other at a show. Make sure you guys all say hello to each other when you see them. All right, see each other there. Absolutely, yeah. it's really nice meeting you guys. Same here. All right, thanks, Leighton. All right, I want to welcome Baz. Good to see you, the baseball card curmudgeon. Too thick pod says awesome. Tony are awesome guys, but unfortunately they never pick up the bill. I listen. I could go on to the next comment, or I could let you. Uh, respond to this. Um, who, Tony, Oz, you got something to say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those guys, uh, we don't even know those guys. No, they, they're awesome. That's And that's why uh, those guys, we met through cards. Mm -hmm. And they are our friends. I have no problem saying they are our friends. And we, if, you know, like Leighton was saying, a lot of the stuff, I wrote it down. The cards... If not for the cards, a lot of things don't happen to us, for us, things like that. Um, and meeting those guys, if not for the cards, we don't meet those guys. You know, Jeremy, Manny, and Courtney, uh, awesome people. And again, it all starts from the cards. If we didn't collect cards, we would have never met them. We're looking forward to seeing them at the National. We're looking forward to running up another bill and running out on them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, get ready, fellas. Well, and we're I, staying at, we're staying at the house too so just in case you guys didn't know we didn't book a hotel we're staying with you guys so i haven't uh i, I I'm, I'm aware of two thick pod but i haven't uh i don't think i've met them if i have I, I i apologize at a show perhaps i have without knowing that it was them but uh, you'll have to introduce me to them if they're friends of yours hopefully they can yeah be friends of mine you'll know if well. you meet jeremy he he's just a big cuddly teddy bear and he, he likes to give bear hugs from behind so he's a great guy and manny's just funny and Courtney, Courtney's what she's the one that really wears the pants in the family. She runs everything. She does all everything behind the scenes. And she's actually coming out with a podcast on her own. So shout out to Courtney. And then the other guys are kind of like side pieces. Is that the one that they're looking at kind of um, some like crimp crime? And yes. That? Yes. That, yes. Yeah. I've seen dangerous. I believe dangerous minds podcast. Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen, I've seen some. Yeah. It's like sports cards, crime and murder and all kinds of craziness. And I'm like, I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a really uh, a unique angle, a real creative angle. So uh, kudos to them and uh, look forward to watching or listening to some of those shows i want to go to chris c here says i started collecting in 1987 nolan ryan was my first player i went after 
Fanatics should put random meet and greet player cards in packs for kids, have cheap exclusive packs for kids. Growth is key. All fair points. Can't really, uh, yeah, well said, Chris. I think I think everyone's in agreement with, with, with the basic sentiment of that message. Josh Dawson is in the house. Josh, good to see you, pal. I'm gonna, we're going to see you at the Mint Collective and the National, of course. Darren in the house. What's going on, Darren? Junk Wax Museum says selling cards is an art in itself. Sometimes it's very hard to determine value when there are no comps. I once heard, I once heard I was the national. This goes back, I don't know, maybe 2018 or 19. I remember I was kind of looking at a guy's booth and he was talking amongst his people and he was basically putting out a challenge. He said, I can comp any card is what he said, because just because there might not be that exact card that's sold, there's going to be something. There's going to be some way to take maybe a card from a similar set or a card of that player and maybe a third card that is related, you know, triangulate the data and come up with something. And I, I thought, you know, it makes sense to me. Like there aren't always going to be direct comps, but there are indirect comps. And, oh, I think we just came out with some nomenclature right there. Direct and indirect <laughs> comps, right? Indirect <laughs> comps is an art in and of itself. Uh, simple comps or direct comps are kind of the, that's the easy stuff, right? Anyone yeah. can, can look that up, but indirect comping is a bit more difficult. So anyway, nice little tangent right there. Uh, and then Chris goes on, Chris C here says, I rarely sell anything, but comps are often times misleading and sometimes even shilled, unfortunately, of course. And I, I agree with that completely. They're off, you know, he says they're often misleading and they can be, especially like if a card sells at, you know, 4 a.m. Um, yeah. Sometimes some people just don't list them all. Mark Santucci, welcome to the show. Uh, okay, well let's uh, let's move on to the next topic that I have on my on my notes, guys, which is really like you know what you are collecting and do you have any cards you want to show? I know I know Tony, you do Roberto Clemente is your main PC, your main the main focus you're collecting. Oz, you're Allen Iverson, as you've said earlier. Did you mm -hmm. guys, I'm sorry, did you guys, do you have any cards out that you can just show the crowd sure. and we can take a look at some and then we'll move on? Yeah, tell me. Go first. Yeah, we always have some handy. I'll say first, that's the first time I've heard Nomi and Clature on a podcast, uh, sports <laughs> podcast. We always get one weird word that we, uh, you know, <laughs> last time it was plethora this time. So good I hope I that. used it right. I, yeah, I, nomenclature. I yes. Yeah, honor, yeah, so. yeah, nomenclature. Yeah, no, none of us are, are uh, English. Team. Well, maybe Oz was. But yeah, so I collect uh, Roberto Clemente and I have a couple here. This is my first. Uh, I have what I call two segments of Roberto Clemente, his regulars. I'm, I'm trying to complete the whole run, um, you know, of his, of his uh, first cards, but then I have what I call shiny Clemente stuff. And this is a, uh, my first super fractor of his this is 2021 tops Chrome, the uh, platinum anniversary. Uh, see it there. And um, the That's thing is so nice. I yes. love, I love the platinum anniversary product. I do too. I think it's a really nice, you know, that, with it mimicking the 52 top set. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with when you see it shine, but yeah, this um this thing came up and I was like, Yeah, I have to have this. It was just one of those one of those cards where it was definitely what's the number two? This is the one oh one. That's the one oh one super fractor. It's not a oh wow, yeah. That yeah, show it again, please. Yep, sure. I mean that that is just I love I love the fifty-two design. I love the you know putting that super fractor stock on a 52 design, it kind of makes you think, what if, you know, yes. what if there were one-on-ones 
And yeah. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing some people put that on Instagram now. They're taking like a 48-leaf Jackie Robinson superimposing a super fractured background and saying, what would this be worth if it, if it was if it was yes. real, you know? And yes. That's a beautiful card. Do you have another to show? Yep, sure. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Like I said, that's one of my favorite cards here. This this next one here was the first one of one that I picked up of Clemente at, at the most recent national, and this one has a three color patch. It's uh, National Treasures. Now, and you'll before see, you show it, before sure. you show it, I just want to call something out here, Tony, which is yep. I'm watching you talk about it, and you're sitting there looking at the card, and I'm thinking <laughs> we we want to see the card too. But you you love it so much you can't yeah. stop looking. You don't want yeah. us to see it. You want to look at it for yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. First I'll describe it and I'll show it to you because I'm like <laughs> I haven't some of these cards I haven't looked at in a while. So it's like it's very nice to see. Like I said, this is a three color patch, one on one, and you'll see it here. Oh, yeah. Arriba. Yeah, and that says arriba, which arriba means go forward. Um, you know, and that was one of his nicknames. So it's it was I. When I had no intention of buying, you know, looking for this, and I saw it at the at the national, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I have to." This is another one of those cards where it just, like I always say, hits you in the feels. And when I saw it, it's like, "Yeah, I got to get that." And is that so? Is that a piece of game worn patch from yes. the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yes. Yep, it's got the black, gold, and the white. Wow. Game used. I mean, there so. cannot be too many game used patch roberto clemente cards in existence that was my thinking when i picked this up i i don't know maybe someone in the comments does uh but yeah this is uh it, i don't know if someone asking if it's a game worn jersey i don't know if it's a, yeah i would i would tend to think it's it's part of the the lettering on the jersey because they used to have the black lettering with the gold uh and it's from 2014 know. when panini 2014. was a little bit more kind of clear about what the source of the of the memorabilia was what does it say right. on the back in terms says, of? Uh, yeah, it says piece? it says the enclosed game used material is guaranteed by Panini America. They just so don't tell you who doesn't what say player no. wore it or what team or what league or. No, it just says enclosed game used material. So. Well, I think we have to know. assume it was game used We're by gonna, Roberto Clemente. Yeah, for the sake so. of the <laughs> yeah, for the sake of the conversation, we I and I have two more here. Uh, one is actually not a card. Um, this is actually my first auto of Clemente, and it's uh, off of a baseball there. Yeah. So, so that's yeah, leather. That's, yeah, that's a piece. Yeah, uh, it's off of the, the baseball was kind of um, ripped, you know, where he signed it, and they they just cut it out and put it there. So, so that's, a, that's a true, you know, people talk about uh, cut autographs or baseball yeah. cuts. That's a yeah. baseball cut auto. Yeah. That's a baseball, <laughs> that's a dead baseball cut. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And the next one is my favorite card in my collection that I picked up at the most recent national. And this is the rookie. As you see, it's a PSA five. Pretty nice centering, a little light at the bottom there. But um, this this uh, this card, I must have looked at about a thousand copies before I pulled the trigger on this one. And it's my favorite card in my collection. Yeah, so. it, as it's, it's such a historical piece, and you know what? You showed yeah. that to me the other day, and yeah. um, I own a copy of that. Mine is a PSA six, and I think I would trade you straight up for yours because <laughs> your five is nicer than my six, like yeah. legit. So you know, buy, I, again, buy the card, not the grade, sort of thing. Yes. But uh, congrats on, on on a couple of big acquisitions last year at the last year last year's national. It just goes to show that 
the big, you know, all card shows are, are awesome, I feel. Mm -hmm. But when you go to the biggest of the big card shows, that's where you're going to see the cards that some people will do other shows, but they'll wait for the big one to pull out their real prized possessions. And that's why it's going to the national, going back to the discussion we were having when Leighton was on about community, the national is kind of like, you know, when, when, when I always called them card shows in here, let me just uh, go back there for a second. Uh, Tony, I always called them card shows because it was about going to look at cards. Now it's more like a card conference because it's not just about being in the, on the show floor during show hours. It's about, it's about that, but it's also about all the extracurricular activities. I, what I mean by that is just dinners, uh, trader nights, other things, whatever they may be, with your new friends in the hobby or your friends in the hobby. And uh, that it, it's yeah. so much more than just going to a card show. If someone, you know, someone like uh, last year or the year before kind of put out a video saying why you shouldn't go to the national. I was like, what do you mean? I don't tell people there's no reason not to go to the national unless <laughs> you know, an emergency comes up where you just can't afford the travel, whatever it might be. But if you can, the national and other big card shows are um, amazing places to uh, amazing places to really enhance your overall experience as a, as a participant in this hobby. Yeah. yeah. Oz, before we go and look at some of your Iverson cards, I just want to run through some comments here sure. and then we'll do that. So get ready. Diamond card collector. Uh, was looking at your your Clemente cards, Tony. Roberto uh, Mark says Clemente cards are very cool. Yes, yes. Darren, I think we we did we addressed that. We we it is game worn. Jake says it's a beautiful rookie. Mark says a player grade for Clemente. I don't know what, he, what that means. A player grade by for Clemente. Uh, Chrissy liked it as well. And Mark said meeting you at the Sheraton. Yes, Mark. Exactly meeting. Uh, meeting fellow hobbyists and you know when, when you do host a show like the three of us do or you're part of content people do recognize you that you don't recognize because we don't see our audience's faces right. when we're doing these yeah. things right? right but they they right. can see ours so i always say you know please introduce yourself say hello if you watch what i'm doing if you like what i'm doing i want i want to meet you i mean you you people feel like they know us a little bit because they can watch hundreds of hours of us yeah. But it doesn't go both ways until you actually have that that in-person introduction or, you know, a Zoom call or whatever, or come on each other's shows or go yeah. on a show. Anyway, um, Oz, back to you. You yes, got sir. some uh, Iverson cards to talk about? Maybe tell sure. a little story. Um, All right. Well, first off, I want to – the first card that I purchased that really – meant something to me like it was before this i was on facebook groups doing like 15 dollars purchases 20 dollars purchases and god forbid a 50 dollars purchase that was like the highest i would go because i had no idea what i was doing and i didn't want to you know break the bank so the one day i'm just chilling in my man cave and i said you know what i'm just gonna go all out and i'm gonna get me a card that i've been wanting and it's a charles barkley rookie and i look it up on uh ebay and i wanted to get a gem min 10 and so I got it. And then when I got it in, I realized it wasn't a Gem Mint 10. It was a Gem Mint 10 on the autograph only. So it was an autograph Charles Barkley rookie card with the Gem Mint 10 of the auto. Um, but to me now, this means more because I know Charles Barkley actually had this card in his hand and, and signed it physically. So there's, you know, thousands of these Charles Barkley rookie cards. But you know, Charles actually had that in his hand. And this was my first uh, man crush with Sir Charles 
when it came Do to you men. know, like on the PSA population report, on their PSA, on the PSA DNA portion of it, mm -hmm. how many 86 Fleer Barclays they have registered as autographed? I, I checked in, but I couldn't tell you. I, I remember checking the one time, but I don't remember what it was. That's a good question. I got to look at that. Yeah, because you said, like, you know, he he held that card. There's there are tens of thousands of that card out there. Yeah. But how how many did he actually touch? And that's what does separate it from from the regular ones. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. yeah. And I remember just specifically shaking in my boots, purchasing this. It was a thousand bucks. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> while my wife was upstairs, I'm hearing her footsteps. We're getting uh, uh, we're getting hugs from Brazil. Oh, wow. OK. Okadespam, welcome and thank you for hugs. That's pretty good, right. Jeremy. That was that was good. <laughs> um, so this one is actually my first. I, I wanted to get a pristine 10. Um, and this right here Ooh, is my uh, that's the metal universe titanium. Are you gonna there you go? There, there we go. Uh, so yeah. it was almost a black label. The only thing what I believe was the surface that was a 9.5, everything else was a 10. I don't know how they figured um the corners, I guess, I guess it does have four corners because this, this particular inset, it, it, or insert it is oval and then it has like the four corners right here. So, but yeah, just to get a pristine 10, I always wanted to get a black label, but usually those things are, you know, crazy expensive. But I, I just love this titanium, these 90s inserts, you know, the, the metal universe is always pretty cool. Yeah, that's, uh, I have a Michael Jordan of that card. It's, it's a really cool card. I want to just point out, you said, you know, you were, you bought, you wanted a black label. Every BGS 10 that is not a black label is 0.5 away from a black label. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not everybody realizes that. There's only one subgrade combination mm -hmm. that could be a pristine 10 that is not black, and that's three tens and a 9.5. There you go. So now I have one of my favorite die cuts. It's the 1998 uh, Hoops Prime Twine. I mean, the intricacy of this die cut is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and again... Allen Iverson, that's my guy. So that's in a mint nine. Yeah. Just it's just crazy. It's and this is out of 415 out of 500. Yeah. It's a funny story how he picked that up. You might want to tell that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were at the Philly show and I'm going through dollar boxes, not trying to spend any money. Tony's down a little bit further. He comes back to me. He's like, bro, he's like, you better go down there and you better look in that case. And if you ain't gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. So I went down to the case, and there it was, bang. And I look at him. He looks at me. He's like, I'm telling you, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. So you better make a choice right now. And so if you want to talk about peer pressure, and I was like, well, I'm not going to let you get it. I'm the Allen Iverson collector. So I went ahead and purchased it, and I tried to work a deal as best as I could. Like the, the dealer had left, and I was dealing with his wife. She had to call him up. What's, what's the best you can do on that? And so that one, yeah, I definitely love that card. Um of course, the classic Noise Boys. Ooh, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know all about that, Jeremy. You know, you can't talk about the 90s without having, you know, the Noise Boys insert. Have you, uh, have you ever held one of those that wasn't graded? Just a raw I know copy? No, but I've seen they're, like, very, like, flexible. Yeah. and you, you, could could, literally... you could basically, like, fold it. Like, this is just a, this is a, I won't break ruin this car, but you could fold it, like, and it'll, yeah, back right back. <laughs> I seen I seen somebody doing. I was like, "Oh, you're crazy! What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and then these two, these were actually the 2013 Upper Deck all-time greats. I have the Bill Russell, and I also have the Julia Serving. These, these are two that I picked up at the uh, the National. They're out of 35, and then you know they're both in their college uniforms. I believe at the time, um, the NBA license had gone to um, Panini. So upper deck, they were still producing the cards. So I just, I love these signatures in the gold and, you know, two of the greatest of all time, they were sitting next to each other. And I, I saw it. I was like, man, I got to have those. Just yeah, That's funny how that can happen. You see a card in a showcase and if it's on its own, like surrounded by cards from other sets, you know, other eras, it might not catch your eye, but you put a pair of cards beside each other. Yeah, that's a real good sales strategy, by the way, for anyone who sells. Yeah, up I mean, well, you got Dr. J and Bill Russell, like, like your 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 potential customer is going to want both of them, not just one, you know. And I looked, and they're both pop ones, so I was like, yeah, give me that one, give me that one. That's the best you can do. <laughs> you have anything else you want to show? Yeah, I got the uh, the Golden Touch. You know, again, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure you're familiar with this. That's the yep. Allen Iverson version. Yeah, and I'm gonna. Years, I, got, I think they did that. Yep, and then my last one is actually something totally different. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan, and this is my 11, uh, Mint 9. There's, uh, I think, a pop report of seven of these, um, and I actually have two of them. So two of the seven, Ooh. and there's none higher. And this is from the Stranger Things collection. That was the, uh, the promo set that was at the National that I collected that my daughter actually pulled this card out of one of the sets. So she's like, like I said, huge stranger things fan. So this means a lot to me. Are those, are those zero cool cards? Yes. These are all zero yeah. cool cards. I have the entire, you know, set basically is all here. We just got, got back from PSA. There's 18 cards. And the main thing was actually this card right here was the uh, set. I mean, the card that you had to pull the redemption card there was only 11 of these, and this particular card my daughter had picked. I don't know if you, you were familiar with this. Did You were at the National, right? Okay. Did you know about the vending machine that they had there, the Stranger Things? And I, then, I heard about it. I never. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like a regular vending machine, Jeremy. You would push the button, you know, A and then four, and it would pop down. It was only two cards in each pack. But the whole thing was, okay, you got – there's only 11 redemption cards, and if you get this redemption card, you'll win a free box of the new Zero Cool that's coming out in a couple right. months. So my daughter showed up the last day of the uh, national and she was, I was like, come on. She, like I said, huge stranger things fan. So she's like, dad, dad, we were, we were hanging out with Courtney and she's like, I think I want to go pick B4. You know, she was listening to Courtney talk and she's like, yeah. So she got real strategic. She said B4. I was like, all right, you do B4, I do B5. And she picked B4 and then she actually bang, she got the redemption card and she had one of the 11s. So nice. she was, cloud nine man so that's Very always cool. made daddy happy for sure yeah. for sure yeah. right on all right well hey thank you for uh thank you for showing us those cards oz um love the lots of comments we're going to go to them because they're coming we're getting comments on both your guys cards so uh first of all thanks mark for for clarifying 50s a five 60s a six makes sense okay. josh dawson love clemente and on my list to pick up this year yeah that's a should be that's a it's pretty pretty important card for sure uh, Nahuggins tells us that it's 135 PSA DNA Barclays. So that's a way better number than probably the amount of uh, unautographed copies there are on the population report. Jake Merck, welcome to the show. Love Iverson, PC him and Giannis. Two great nice. choices, I would say, right there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Iverson also played football. And from what I heard, was very talented. Oh, and he was a better football player than basketball player. I'm surprised he, you know, he, he had to make a decision, but. If you've seen him, he was a Virginia State Player of the Year, right? 
What yeah. was he a receiver? No, quarterback. quarterback. Oh, okay. Nasty. Mike Vick. Mike Vick was jealous of, of him. Yeah. Like honestly, like straight yeah. up. <laughs> That's no joke. He was yeah. sick. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, Josh Dawson says, "Love that Iverson Oz PC IPC Iverson. Also, great insert from the '90s. You showed several of them." Uh, Darren, I didn't see the comment. I apologize. Uh, it goes on to say, Oz, it He's hurts to get the job done next week. Or does Patty Mahomes get number two? <laughs> yeah. What, what, do you, what, do you, what are your expectations? I mean, you guys are huge Philadelphia Eagles fans. What are you, uh, where, where's your head at right now? Where's your head and your heart at right now with respect to the game coming up? So uh, real quick, before I give you that, the Mike Tyson's punch out thing, these are, this is, you know, kind of, I don't know if you can see it there, but these are kind of the stickers for Mike Tyson's punch out. And as all the boxers that, you, yeah. you know, kind of fought throughout the game. So that's, I just saw that comment there. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I took down all those boxers back in the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, was, uh, it took me a long time to finally get that, but uh, that's kind of the genesis of why I collect that. That's the first time I ever saw it was as Oz playing it, but with the game, um, I think we win, you know, I'm not going to be a homer. Maybe I'm a homer, but I think, um, our, our defensive line is, is not the defensive line they faced last week. I think our offensive line is better than the line that they faced last week. So that to me is a big key of the game. If we can control both lines of scrimmage, I think we win the game. Yeah. If not, you know, actually, if not, I won't feel too bad because I have a soft spot for the chiefs and Andy Reid. But I think I think we win and fly Eagles fly. How about yeah. you, Oz? What, do you, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are: Listen, Jalen Hurts, beginning of the season, not a lot of people had faith in him, and now that we look on it, he literally went sixteen and one, lost one game this year. Okay, the Eagles went, you know, what was it, fourteen and three like in the regular season? But those two losses came when. Jalen Hurts got hurt his shoulder in the Chicago Bears game, and he had to sit out, and Gardner Minshew plays for those two games. But with him starting 16-1, and one, that's pretty damn good. Um, and the one that they lost could have went either way. It was just turnovers unexpectedly from, from key players on our team, but not Jalen. So going into this, I'm very confident. Like Tony said, the lines are the key to any – in you know, with, with uh, Kansas City – Patrick Mahomes, you have Andy Reid, who's the architect, and he's always built his teams from, you know, the lines inside out. But unfortunately, his team doesn't have the the lines that we do, like the Eagles do right now. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be it's going to be a close game. It's going to be back and forth. Um, but I think we we do just enough uh, to, to win it in the end. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping and praying. I would love to get a second one. That would be awesome. So, yeah, all day, you know. Jalen All Hurts. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, I wish the best for you guys. I don't I don't have a horse in the race, so um good luck to you and, and, yeah, and the Eagles. Well for, sure. for the Eagles, you know. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Ryan, welcome to the show. Uh Chrissy wants to know, uh, Oz, do you have the star date 9697? I had it and I sold it at one of my shows. So it's that's one I need to get back. But that I love that star date. That's a great one too. Very there's nice so many. Right. Oh my God. There's so many inserts. It's like you, you, you think you, you know, and then, then you'll find one another day. You, you know, Jeremy, you, you're like oh, the yeah. king of, of nineties inserts. <laughs> and it's like, man, <laughs> the king of nineties inserts is Josh Dawson right here. Who says the 96, 97 golden touch is a great set and much better looking yes. in person. And 
Josh has quite the collection, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass that that crown over to him that there I shouldn't go. have ever had in the first place. Thank you for the <laughs> thank you for the comment, Oz. Uh, Darren likes those uh, Tyson stickers. I have the super macho yeah, nice. one. Very good. Goes on to say, I just hope we both get quarterbacks best and their injuries don't factor into it. Yeah, that that that's for sure. I, yeah. I you want to see you want to see both teams playing at their best potential with all their bet with all the best players that they have and mm-hmm. that sort of thing for yeah. sure. Jake Merck just picked up the star date Iverson PSA 10, a grail nice. card. Well, congrats on getting Ooh. your grail, Jake. That's pretty cool. Wow. That's a big boy right there. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. All right, guys, let's, let's just learn a bit more about what you're doing from the content perspective. People watching might be looking to pick up, but I mean, listen, even myself as a, as a consumer of hobby content, I find that I, 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 I'll have like three or four that I watch and then, you know, a few months will go by a season, six months, and then I'll kind of maybe drop one or two, pick up one or two new ones. I think that's always happening, right? Even I can tell viewers that I have, sometimes I'll see a name in here that I haven't seen in a year or two years, wow. you know, it's like they might've moved on. That's okay. There's lots of content out there. We picked up new ones along the way. So, with that said, let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing. And so, first of all, you have your what I refer to as your flagship podcast, which is Cousins Collectibles. That is a podcast you guys do together. We spoke about it earlier. I don't know that we need to get in because we've got a bunch of things here. And I want to, I'm going to go through them all and then I'll pass it back to you. So, you guys do Cousins Collectibles, the podcast. It, it is also a video on YouTube podcast, correct? Yes. Yep. You then also do, you guys, are you both or one of you uh, part of the the guest the, the the roster of 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 hosts on Hobby Hotline? Is it both of you or just one of you? It's both. both. Yep. Hobby Hotline. I used to be in that rotation. I haven't been for about a year and a half now, but I spent about a year and a half, I think, as part of the Hobby Hotline crew. Great crew over there. So that's really cool. You also are part of the Wolf Pack. We talked about it earlier, but the Wolf Pack, from my perspective, Rob Gerard kind of is uh, kind of got that thing started and, and built up and brought you guys all together. And now you guys are doing some Wolfpack content, its own YouTube channel, its own podcast. You've got like eight or nine different guys and you kind of sub out and have three or four in every week. And then you also, you guys do a call, a show you call the faction with uh, sports card, nobody. So there's another one you guys are doing. Um, why don't we just talk? I mean, listen, I, I have a series of shows that I used to have yeah. to, keep them on a piece of paper so I remember everything. We'll do several. You guys have you guys have a whole roster of shows that you do. Um, Oz, talk a bit about that. You know, how, being involved in so many different things and how yeah. do you, uh, you know, which are any of your favorite? Is Do you consider Cousins Collectibles to be like your main flagship show? Just freestyle, please. Yeah, yeah. Cousins Collectibles, That that's the main one. That's Tony and I uh, getting together. And our premise was getting collectors onto the show and telling their story and not just, um, you know, hey, I got this card and and check out this card. And these are the values of this card. No, it was like, dude, what made you get that card? Let's get behind, you know, the psyche of it and how you feel when you look at that card. You know, just to dig a little bit deeper, like like what you're doing, uh, Jeremy, with us, it's unbelievable because it's like we we get to tell the story that we rarely get to, you know, we've talked about it in the beginning. But, you know, once you get past it, you feel like "Ah, nobody really wants to know those things. 
but those are the things that really make you the person you are and the collector you are. So that's what our show like really concentrates on. And that's the OG. That's that's what we're all about. And we usually what well, we, we go on twice a week. So on Monday, we drop our episode, which is usually an interview episode. So we, we get somebody in the hobby, whether it's a big wig or just, a you know, when I say regular collector, somebody that's not, you know, creating content and really people don't know too much about, but we find interesting. And so no matter who it is, we try, like I said, try to get all the behind the scenes and, and find out what, what makes those people tick. And then on Thursday, uh, we usually do a live and that's just like a, like a wrap up. And, and what we do is just talk about what, what's going on, what, how our, our, you know, first interview was with that guest and everything that we loved about it, anything that we forgot to mention. And then other things that have gone on, whether we picked up cards, got some cards back from grading, any new purchases that we made. So just like a wrap up of the week for the cousins. And then now we have the, uh, the Wolfpack content. We've come out with one episode so far. So that's been Tony, who was it? Tony, Craig, uh, Rob, and then um, uh, Shane. Is it Shane? Yep. So the four of them, and then we're dropping one next week. Uh, I believe it was a Monday already. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so the second, yeah, we've been recording all week. So you gotta, you know, this this is like this has been hell week for the cousins, and this is the final one. So we're trying to whew, put it all together, and we're you know we're here for you, Jeremy. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, no, we appreciate you having us on because this, this to me, bro, this is like the capper of everything. This is what I've been looking forward to all week. It's like, man, we're going to be on with Jeremy Lee. This is going to be so cool. Sports card live, you know, because it, <laughs> no, seriously, that. like, honestly, nice. this, it's an honor. Um, and then we have the faction, which to me is like, you know, I love the faction. It's it's the two of us, and it's uh, Shane Norton, the sports card nobody. He calls himself the sports card nobody, but he's definitely a somebody. That's the guy I talked about that he works behind the scenes in ESPN. He's a cameraman, and, you know, he does content. You know, he has his own podcast that's unbelievable. He's a huge wrestling. You know, he's one of the premier uh, Bret Hart collectors in the world you know this guy's just amazing love 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 shane norton and the the camaraderie and the rapport that we have with each other it's like we've known each other you know since we were kids and it, we just have fun we we what we do is we just come together say okay you get two topics i get two topics shane you get two topics and we we're not going to say anything and we just show up and bang instant reaction and it's almost like an espn type show you know like Stephen a smith or you know skip bayless and you know, just like some crazy stuff, you know, there's going to be some drama and a little bit of this, you know, we talk about what's going on in the hobby, some cards. So it's a beautiful thing. Tony, go ahead. I think I stole yeah, anything, anything, uh, anything to add to that, Tony? No, other than check us out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's you guys, you guys are having, having fun. And, uh, that, that's the main thing. Doing content is fun. Like yeah. I, I'm coming up on three years here and I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't look forward to it every Saturday night and, and other nights as well. Um, okay, well, I'm glad you got a, got a chance to kind of share share, share the uh, the various projects you're working on from a content perspective. Let's talk a bit about just the hobby, the way it's been for the last few years, what's coming up and you know, how do we see the hobby kind of unfolding in 2023? Um, Tony, your thoughts on, you know, what are your, what are your expectations for the next year in terms of, you know, is the hobby going to continue to be as awesome as it is? Are we going to continue to have more and more people coming into it? I'm sure, and I know, I recognize we've lost people too. I mean, sure. you're going to lose some people that came in with dollar signs in their eyes. That's okay. Mm -hmm. They were never really in it in the first place. They were never true collectors, I don't think. 
I don't think we're going to lose any true collectors. But Tony, what are some of your thoughts on like, you know, just the direction the hobby's going in 2023? Yeah, I think with those people leaving, it, it leaves, like you said, the, the truer collectors. And I think that's going to lift the hobby as a whole. We all learned a lot during that time. And, you know, we're still here. So if we're still here, let's make the best of it. You know, the, the, the days of the quick flip are pretty much over, you know, so that let's move past that. And let's just now let's let's build a better hobby. Let's be smarter collectors. Let's take care of each other. You know, let's be aware of those guys that are in here for the wrong reasons. I think all of that happened during the boom. There was a lot of people who got ripped off. There's a lot of people who are fly by night people. Now they're not here. And now we are. So let's just keep building a better community. I also see, you know, I see a lot of streamlining coming. I see, you know, every day you look, there's a new partnership where you can buy your cards, grade them, graded, get them vaulted and all that stuff. A one-stop shop. So that's something I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how that all kind of works out to see who, who's partnering with who next. And, and again, just for the, like Oz always says, for the good of the realm, let's see how, you know, for the good of the hobby, I, I, I think that we're headed in a good direction. I think we're probably probably at the floor now where all these cards are going to start coming back up a little bit, maybe not as fast as they did before. But I think I think good things are ahead. You know, it's the people who are here again. You know, we we're we are we are the people like uh, John Newman says, the hobby's the people. The hobby's the people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Shout out to John. But um. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I think we're in good hands and we're, we're going I think we're going places as a whole. Oz, let's go to you a bit. of You know, we've had fluctuations in, in values, of course, you know, the pre pandemic. We shoot up, we come back, we, we correct or we just level out. Here we are. What do you think? What do you uh, how do you see the future 2023 and beyond if you want to speak to it? Mm -hmm. and, and again, no, none of us can predict what's yeah. going to happen any you know never mind 2023 how about next week next month we we don't we don't know never mind past 2023 but really i'm just the reason i asked the question isn't to see you know isn't to get some crazy prediction it's more to get a pulse on your perspective on the climate of the hobby mm -hmm. right now as it is right now and uh, you know and even a bit about you know the whole there's there are narratives in the hobby that that paint a sometimes an, an ugly light on our hobby. And if that's mm -hmm. if that's the narrative that you are first introduced to when you when you come into the hobby, you may not stick around too long. Um, you know, speak a little bit, Oz, about I guess you can blend in a few things here. Like, you know, how do you see the how do you see 2023 unfolding within the hobby? And and how do you see uh, content and narratives kind of um, evolving over the next yeah. little while? I think the future's bright. You know, we, we had the boom. Everybody knows about the boom. That's when it was just on fire. Didn't matter what you purchased. You know, you could get it today and sell it for 2x, 3x, 5x by the end of the week, just depending on how that player performed. It's not that easy, and it never was meant to be that easy. When Tony and I got into it, we were looking at cars that we were going to buy today and, and put them away, stash them away from you know, 15, 20 years from now and say, okay, let's look at what we've invested in, and hopefully it's grown over this time, which is usually how sports cars operated. You would get something, hold it, and then later on down the road, you, you, know, you, you try to make a profit on it. And here comes the, all, you know, the sneaker flippers. Like 
you know, Gary V went into his whole, you know, mantra of what, what exactly he thought it was and, and what came about, you know, the sneaker flippers, they came, they were running out of inventory. They come over here, you know, cards are smaller, they're easier to sell. So now all of a sudden these comps are going through the roof. Everybody's just loving it. And now it's like, boom, there's a crash. And like you said, all these people that came in to make that money, that money dried up. Now they're ushering back out. But what's left? The true collectors, the people that are passionate about the hobby, that love the cars, that that truly do this because it's something, it's an escape from, you know, the, the reality. Look, reality is, is hard. You know, life isn't easy for a lot of us. Um, lots of things going on. So to, to be able to come into your safe space and to have these cars and, and to, you know, be nostalgic about these things. I mean, it, it's really, you know, it, the intrinsic value that these cards offer is so much greater than, you know, the monetary. But at the end of the day, what I see happening, you know, with fanatics coming on board and just the people that are still here and the creators that are going out every day and making this content, I just think it's getting better and better. And I really do see a rebound. It's, you know, I mean, it's it, obviously it's still down, but in my mind, I'm looking at certain things. It really depends on what it is because there's, you know, vintage cars that are at the highest values that they've ever been, you know, the Roberto's Clemente's and, you know, the Mickey Mantle's just sold for crazy amounts, you know? So there's always your staples, the Babe Ruth's or your Honus Wagner's that are always going to continue to just keep going up because of what they mean to the, to the hobby. But then there's others, you know, that are, are you know, Willie Mays is another card that I believe he's still alive. You know, and we always talk about that morbid view. Okay, once he passes, there's going to be that bump, you know, and it's going to happen. But once people realize, man, Willie was like one of, if not one of the best, you know, baseball players ever to play. And they realize that his card values are going to go through the roof. So really depending on on what you're collecting and what you're curating in your, you know, in in your collection is like my, my main thing is like, listen, now that you're in it and you have a passion, whatever it is you decide to collect, whether it's cards basketball cards hockey cards just do it to your best of your ability and that you have a mindset okay i'm gonna try to have this collection that you love but that at the end of the day will have some value because you went out and curated it you know to the to the best of your ability that you can afford you don't want to go into something and try to you know obviously buy ten thousand fifteen thousand dollar cards on a credit card or you know take out a mortgage or you know we don't want to do that do it at your own pace I always say, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, if you want to come in, get a card, maybe one a month, you know, start out short and, you know, small, and then you can go ahead, okay, you take that $100 card, add another $100, trade it up, and then you keep moving up little by little, leveling up. But I see, I see, like, you know, the people that are coming in, they're excited, and, I, and like I said, I think the future's bright with Fanatics coming in. There's going to be a lot of things going on. I think they're going to open up the eyes of a lot of people. Um, so yeah, to me, we know we've had a dip, but I think it's on the way up. Well said, man. I enjoyed that uh, soliloquy right there. Uh, as did Sean from Victory Investments. Says uh, Oz is spinning truth <laughs> out here. There you go. There it's you go. As he is. As he is. Uh, Darren here says, "Thanks for being there for the hobby, you three. Much appreciated." T dots as cards and crypto followed similar booms and busts. Now it's uptime again in both. I mean, maybe, hopefully. It, you know, there's another comment from Chris C right here it says the bottom isn't here yet, I think, but a steady growth is possible, uh, sealed wax, etc. Um, you know, the thing is, is that neither this statement here from Chris that the bottom isn't here yet, I think, nor T dot statement here that it's uptime again in both 
are going to be true. Neither of those comments can be true and not take any away from the guys. And I'm sure in their mind, both of those comments are going to hold true to what they're thinking. But they're, the hobby, all the cards in the hobby don't, don't travel together. Some go this way. Some go this way. Some will continue to go this way. Some will continue to go that way. So it's uh, it really you have to get a little bit more granular in your in what in, in your uh, explanation or your statement than simply saying cards are going to go up now, you know, or cards are going to go down. I think you have to really get more detailed. Uh, like even Chris here does say sealed wax and vintage goats long term will be better than ultra modern. Well, some ultra modern will be better than some goats and sealed wax. It's just going to happen. It's, it, 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 it has to because some players will become very good, but not all of them. I think yeah. that's just, uh, just something I wanted to call out. Mark says, Willie Mays, top four of all time. Don't think anyone's going to argue too hard against that. Rubber Side Down says, do you think most people are still in the hobby just sitting on the sidelines? I mean, I think most people, you know, some people are probably sitting on the sidelines. But if you're sitting on the sidelines, what are, what are you doing? Are you really in the hobby or are you just kind of forgetting about it and maybe in 10 years when the next super boom happens or 20 years, you'll yeah. come back in. But I think most people are all like true collectors, true sports card um, addicts, if you will, are yeah. we're always we're always buying cards. I mean, yeah. I think most people are are still in the hobby, not sitting on sidelines. I think like Jeremy, hobby. this is the perfect time to get off the sidelines. Yeah, the card yeah. prices are perfect to go ahead and get things you wouldn't have been dreaming of just last year that you, you not even a thought in your mind that you could afford some of this stuff. And now you can. So get off the sidelines. Get in the I game, know. baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now you can buy cards, some cards for a lot less than you could have bought a year, to, a year, 18 months, even 24 months ago. Well, 24 months for sure. That was the peak. Exactly yeah. right now was like the peak 24 months ago. Uh, now is a great time to be be buying cards. I mean, some crazy cards that I watch on PWCC's premier auction, you know, like Tops, Chrome, PSA 10, wh wh whichever parallel it might be, uh, the gold, the gold refractor, LeBron. Kobe. I mean, these cards were doing $150,000. Now they're well under $100,000. They're somewhere down to 40, 50K. Um, and no specific example there, but like, you know, there's some better deals out there and that's at the super high level. I get that. Yeah, but the right. same thing, you know, cards that were 2,500 back, back two years ago might be seven, $800 now. Some yeah. of them, some are more, it just all depends. But yeah, now is a good time. Uh, now is the best time. I think that now I think is the best time to get in unless you're buying 52 tops, Mickey mantles, uh, the, the best time to get in them that we've had in the last two years. Yeah. On many, not on all cards. I got to take yeah. my own statements. Not on all cards, but maybe on more than more cards than than less. Yeah, so. yeah, agree. Uh, Jake Dahl here says, "What do you guys think of fanatics taking over?" I mean, I think this topic gets beaten to death everywhere. It's it is, <laughs> but you know what? It as it should be. So not nothing against Jake's question here, because every week that we're all doing content out there, that takeover is coming closer and closer yeah. on basketball and football. So what do you guys, uh, uh, Tony, any, any thoughts from you on fanatics taking over their impending takeover? Yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of different, uh, approaches to the hobby. Uh, I'm looking forward to see if we see more stuff in the arenas. I think that's a big place to get people exposed to cards and collectibles. You know, right now they're selling jerseys, pins, hats, stuff like that. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing cards like, if you're watching the player in the court, 
you know, if, if anything, if there's ever, ever a time for impulse buys, it's while you're at the arena. You know, so if they really want to capture people's feels when their emotions are coming out of the stadium, oh, man, I'm going to pick up a box of cards or a pack of cards or maybe singles, however they want to do it. So I, I think that that's going to be a big I, I don't know for sure, but I, I, I could see that being a big part of their push. And, and I totally get it. Like I said, you want to really hone in on the people that you're trying to sell the product to. And I mean, and with their uh, the way they sell apparel, they can do that for cars where you can order today and it's here tomorrow. They, they kind of got like a Amazon type thing going with that, too. Yeah. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of innovation and it, I'm, I'm sure there'll be you know some complaints at first, but let's give them a chance and see what they do. Um, I think that, you know, the hobby does have some older ideas to it and maybe we can upgrade that stuff a little bit for for the good of the hobby as a whole. So I, I, yeah. I give them a chance. Yeah, and I think you said you know complaints at first, not just at first. There will be complaints forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we know that just from experience. Now it doesn't yeah. matter what card company you are. Right. So um, there will always be that. But uh, yeah, I mean, my thought, my quick quick thought, just to to build off what you were saying, Tony, is that you know they have the distribution systems in place already. So now it's just layering on sports cards. They have to figure out what they're going to do with basketball and football. I mean, obviously, Panini has has the 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 brands right now that people want. So, are they going to just go to Tops and take Tops brands? And do they have to build out the Tops business, uh, hire more people? Who are they going to hire? Probably, I, mean, I would think you're going to go to the people that just did it for Panini. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. I have no insights into that. But uh, Oz, any thoughts from you on Fanatics impending uh, NFL and NBA takeover? I mean, I, I think, like Tony's saying, they, listen, they put a lot of money into this. It's not like <laughs> they got to make something happen. So they have the greatest minds when it comes to sports cards all together in, the, in these conference rooms. And they're, they're trying to come up with ways how they can generate business. They didn't get into this for the nostalgia aspect of it. There might have been a little bit of that. But the main thing was we got to make money. Sports cards are hot right now. Hot, hot, hot. And when they did all these moves, the hobby was through the roof. Now it's died down a little bit. So now it's about, you know, how can we be strategic and, and figure different avenues and ways, you know, you know, the whole thing about zero cool, you know, are they going to be able to take pop culture? Cause pop culture to me, you know, sports is always going to be there, but pop culture, the IPs that these, these, you know, some of these things have is way bigger than just say, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, you could talk about, you know, Game of Thrones or you could talk about, you know, Sopranos or, you know, just all time shows that people have watched and they're, they're near and dear to their hearts. You know, why wouldn't you want a piece of that? You know, so if Zero Cool can go ahead and corner that market, that's something big. You got tops where, you know, everybody, any vintage guy can tell you, you know, they're, they're, they're top. You know what a top stand is? When they somebody says they're a stand, that's almost like an Eminem. That's like a, a guy. I don't know if you remember that song, Stand, where he had the stalker. Stand, yeah, yeah, stand. yeah. So if you if they call if you call you a a tops stand, that means you're a stalker of of tops. That basically you're a lover of tops. You're all about tops. So now there's these guys that have been waiting all this time. You know, it's always been there for baseball. Man, if I could only get that basketball. Man, if I could get you know. So they're just waiting and 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 hoping and praying that tops can bring back the chrome and all that other stuff that they they loved that when they were kids growing up. So if they can do that, take the tops brand bring it into the, the basketball and the football and, and take that to the next level, you know, and then again, you know, Tony, great idea having it. It only makes sense to have these at the arenas, 
you know, we were talking to the one dude. He he uh they have a, a shop, uh, you know, an LCS right where uh Patriot Stadium is. You know, so for the New England Patriots, right there, bang, there's a you know, so during football games, people just come in, buy wax, buy singles, right along with their jerseys and everything else. And they say they're the place is constantly, even in the off season, just people are constantly coming in through there. So it, it's already there, you know, precedence has been you know, set right there and it's shown that it can be successful. So why not take that? Why not fanatics go in there and take that model and, and run with it? So it's just about just being creative. And I know with all the money that they've put into it, they're just not going to sit back and let this fail. Yeah. I, well said. I mean, uh, pretty much a lot of my thoughts uh, spot on right there. So thank you for that. JG here makes a comment. Tops Chrome basketball release under fanatics will be incredible. I think there's a lot of people hoping for that. And you got to wonder if uh, if they don't do anything with respect to Fanatics brands or uh, sorry, Panini's brands like Prism, et cetera, National mm -hmm. Treasures, Flawless, Immaculate, all these all these great brands, Optic, um, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to have to go to tops and, mm -hmm. and, and revive all those old brands that haven't seen the light of day for 10 plus years. So That'll be uh, that'll be that'll be a good time for collectors. That be uh, that'll be that'll be a very exciting thing yeah. if it's tops if it's tops brands coming back Absolutely. versus a continuation of Panini brands. Yeah, I yeah. really think so. Um, Darren here said, uh, collect the right players, stay away from base. That's what I'm about. Love vintage, also love pretty looking pretty looking modern refractors and hollows. Yeah, that's good. Uh, nice comment. He does say stay away from base to which so we had a comment uh, here from Chris C who said base only got a bad name because too many people sent them to PSA for grading. But the reality is the pop counts aren't even accurate because resubmissions are counted as the same card, flawed and accurate number. Yeah. Very important to note that population reports on, you know, on the grading companies web on, you know, PSA and Beckett probably, especially because they're just so such a big population are, just not reliable they're just not accurate they're they, they're just they're just not and i've had discussions for the past several years about how inaccurate are they and i used to think it was small maybe maybe you know five to eight percent overstated i think it's more like 30 to 50 at this point because of <laughs> how many people capitalize and take advantage of the inconsistency of manual grading and of course mm -hmm. i i'm with tag grading which is uh automated consistent grading so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna really focus on that but um but it is what it is. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. let's uh, let's keep on going here, fellas. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up shortly here. We've uh, it's hard to believe sure. we're already at the hour forty five mark. Here, Chris C said everything is cyclical. I'm still buying, especially vintage low grade cards for my PC at a good price. Couldn't agree more. Everything is cyclical. It just it just is. And um, you know, you think back of you think about a player like Mike Trout, or you think about a player like uh, Sidney Crosby in hockey. I mean, these guys have been playing for, you know, 12 to 17 years in there and their cards have gone up and down in between up and down and back around. So, you know, timing the market, I don't like to think I can do it, but there are times when, you know, Hey, this card is, you know, 60% of what it was two years ago. Maybe now's a good time to jump in. Uh, Mark here says my Jeter player named rookie card is only worth 40 in the New York area. I found it for 15, but it's hard to move. Okay, Mark. Sorry, I don't understand the I don't understand the question mark, but but thank you for the for the for the comment there for sure. Um, and uh, oh, right here, cousin Oz, Kiss Black Sabbath cards. Do you collect any of that? Uh, not Kiss. I do have. 
like uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson, if anybody's <laughs> interested. So this is my Topps American Pie 2011. Um, but I definitely, I, I, I used to sing back in the day. So that's, you know, things like that, performance, you know, artists, things like that, 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 that really hits me in the feels as well. So, but I love my, I, I was a little too young. My brothers were big into Kiss though. They loved Kiss. But Ozzy can't go wrong with Ozzy either. So come on. No, yeah. no. I love, I love the uh, the music cards from, especially the ones from from Europe, from uh, Sweden, yeah. Denmark, yeah. from the 60s, 70s, and the maybe I think that's about it. 60s, 70s. I, I love, I love those cards. Sean says Tony is sneakily one of the smartest <laughs> dudes in the hobby. He's the Roberto Clemente of sports cards. Go Chiefs, though. Yeah, he's a. Yeah. So we were talking about the Eagles before, and I was like, I don't have a horse in the race. I always say I don't, but I'm going to cheer for my friend's team. Well, I got friends. I got you guys. Right. I, I was thinking about Sean in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah. I can't say out loud that I'm hoping for the Eagles. What's Sean going to think? He's a diehard Chiefs fan. Sean is the man. This is the guy that wrote wrote and 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 performs the song that goes before every episode of Sports Cars Live. I can't go against this. Right? Yeah. So, I just hope for uh, I hope all my all, I hope all my friends are are happy, but they can't be, especially if they're going up against each other. <laughs> Listen, the... we we can go live at, at halftime, you know, and we could talk about where the game's going. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, that would be great, actually. I'll be in no condition. <laughs> <laughs> but Sean is the man, though, man. He, other than being the Chiefs fan, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. all right. We'll let we'll let that one slide. <laughs> yeah. Let it slide. Let it slide. Here, T dot says the arena approach risks overproduction which is already evident in the plummeting modern cards can i say something with that jeremy though yeah i don't understand what the arena approach what is the arena approach well i think he's talking about you know where the, if they sell cards in the in the basketball oh, arena selling cards like in arena right. got yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. The, the only thing with that and, and you know i see some comments about base cards um and it just harkens back to i saw there was an earlier comment where somebody said new blood is needed in the hobby so you know, when you want to bring kids in right now, it's all about we we're talking to uh sports car dad. He's like, right now, it's all about the hits, all about the hits. Well, you know, you got to start somewhere. So, yeah, these base cards aren't worth anything per se. But if it starts a kid along the path of being in the hobby and he learns how to take care of his cards, trade cards, figure out what, you know, take uh, curating a collection, uh, learning what what value is. So yeah, there to me there is a value to base cards because it, it's just for me is to you know you gotta crawl before you walk. So maybe the base cards are the crawling of the hobby and kids learn and they make a collect and then they start learning. Okay, now there's a next level to this. So you know, just saying ah, base cards are a waste. Uh, to me, they're really not because to me they're they're the kind of the the ground floor of, of yeah, the hobby. The yeah. foundation. That's what yeah. every you know, especially vintage collectors, that's where they came from. Were set collectors. That's what you did. You built these sets. And that's how you learn. And then, you know, these things were passed down generation to generation. And now it like, you know, we talked about with sports car dad. It's like the kids today could care less about that. You know, you go online and the culture is trying to get the most expensive card and just, you know, this single, that single. And you're looking for the new hottest prospect, whether it's football or, you know, basketball or even in hockey, you know, with the young guns, you know, that's the big thing. Everybody, every year, you got to get that new young gun, the new young gun. So, you know, it's it, it's almost it's almost backwards for these kids and it's like you know where do you get this money from to be able to afford all this stuff as a kid and like you said tony you got to start somewhere so 
Why not? And as far as the arena approach, I mean, you don't have to go crazy, but I, you know, fanatics, they own these stores, you know, they sell, you know, hats, they sell jerseys and all that. So isn't lids part of, of fanatics? Yeah. 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 So they're going to have, you know, cards being sold in lids, you know, so it is what it is. You know, you go, I go to right now to the Wawa, which is a, you know, a convenience store and they have, you know, tops Chrome being sold at the counter, you know, so, or Pokemon cards are everywhere. They've always been everywhere pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So this whole risk overproduction, I mean, it is what it is. They're, they they're going to continue. They have to overproduce in order to reach middle America, you know, in order yeah, to yeah. reach every potential collector out there. And just because some brands are overproduced or, or mass produced doesn't reflect on the overall production levels of, of the whole hobby. There are, there are, there are middle brands, there are exclusive mm -hmm. brands that are not overproduced. Uh, they're produced to the numbers that they're, you know, they, they put right on the cards, how many there are out there. So it's yeah. uh, it's another one of those sort of statements that doesn't apply to the whole hobby. It only applies to a segment of the hobby or certain brands, but yeah, let's go to some more comments here because there, there's like Christy 86 tops football base. Wasn't boring to me. Love that set. So my comment right. there is that when I, when we, when people talk about base in like a derogatory with a derogatory tone, I believe they're really talking about base in like modern base and ultra modern base where there are a multitude of numbered parallels or colored parallels that you can also collect. So nobody wants the base. But then then there was a comment down here uh, from Chris C says base. You can also complete sets, believe it or not. Everybody out there, there's still lots of people that want to collect a base set of a flagship product, and they do not care at all how many other people are doing it. They do not care at all how many copies of that card are made. They want to fill in their binder every year yeah. and, and archive that season of their favorite sport. So base cards serve a very important purpose in the hobby. What I think as you become a more... And, I'm going to say advanced collector, but keep in mind that there are people who are very advanced who've been collecting sets since the 50s still at this point or the 60s, 70s and 80s that are still doing it. And that is, you know, so th there are there's kind of different advanced collecting. You've been doing it for 40 years the same way or you started out in 2015 buying it with, with you know, going into your local Wawa, buying some packs of cards, building a set. And now you've kind of refined your tastes. Maybe you have more money and you're going for different different sorts of cards. So I, I have no problem with fanatics coming in and putting cards everywhere that are that entry level product. I think that's, you know, I said it before, not everybody can afford to drive a Ferrari. Not everybody right. can afford to crack national treasures. It's just the way the world works. So agree let's, let's uh we we're gonna run out of time here we're gonna run through the rest of these comments then and then we'll wrap this up fellas uh yeah tita says uh, a balance must be achieved I, I think that is very important for fanatics to find that balance because you what they don't want is unsold product coming back to them or sitting and being blown out at five bucks a case like yeah. we saw with 86 Fleer basketball when it was first produced now now the stuff is is gold that's for sure. TDOS says Connor Bedard rookie will be one of the most anticipated player cards since Connor McDavid. Yeah, we are about to have our next generational player in hockey who is going to drive that that uh, portion of the hobby, the hockey the hockey uh, segment. Anyway, 
Chris says they need lower box prices if they expect more people to enter because families don't have the income to spend hundreds on a box for their kids. Agree. Comes back to we need those those dollar packs, two dollar mm -hmm. packs again, those thirty five dollar boxes. Tito says vintage are blue chips, modern are penny stocks with little exceptions. Um, there are exceptions though. There just are. And the thing about vint, not all vintage is blue chip T dot, but yeah. I understand what you're getting at. Uh, the essential credentials, Matt, welcome says the lack of value with modern base is really sad. Think about 93 flair. You got pumped when you pulled a star player. When I watch group breaks now, there's little to no excitement for star base. There's, there's none at all. They don't even tell you they got this. They don't even, they don't even <laughs> yeah. announce the cards. They, they, they use those as the, the cover of the hit. <laughs> exactly. Straight to the hits, straight to the hits. Junk Wax, thank you so much. Jeremy says, I'm a set collector, but I don't put them in pages. Not Hey, that's fine. Fill out, fill out your box. Check out your checklist. I get that for sure. Mark Santucci says, the only complete set I have is 84 tops and 88 score. That's cool. Hey, whatever floats your boat, right? Um, all right. Good, good. So anything else, guys? There was a few things we didn't really get to. I think it's okay. Um Anything else you wanted to touch on, though? Uh, Oz, start with you. Um, well, I wanted to actually let Tony lead the way. He had a, a question about Wayne Gretzky and, you know, yeah. values. Tony, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you got? I wanted to ask you because I saw somebody said if we were going to the uh, expo. Oh, I, I saw that. Sorry that I didn't. Did, sorry about that comment. I, I missed yeah. a chunk of them, I think. Yeah, no worries. But I did see that. And just talking to we were talking to a hobby friend of ours. And I that the Gretzky OPG is, is something I want to add to my collection at some point. And he's going to the expo and he's like, hey, you should come with me up there. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will. I said, and we were just kind of talking. I said, I wonder if the Gretzky's up there are if they're more expensive than here in the States. So just what it, what, it, what are you thinking there? Probably, would, to be yeah. honest, I think yeah. I think that, uh, well, first of all, there's going to be a much larger selection of Gretzky OPG rookies mm -hmm. at the expo in Toronto. Um, you will have your your pick of probably 300 in the room. One booth will have 60. Another booth will have 50. You probably have your yeah. You probably have your pick of 300 at least. I would say. Right. Is that does that excess supply or or large supply bring down the cost? Probably not because because as uh, as Tida says here, Gretzky peaches are gold, and that's just the way it is. Everybody wants one. So you know and we as hockey vendors at the expo, we don't give them away. You know, right. we are willing to keep them because you it is it is an it's an easy card to get good value out of at any time. So right. but you'll have your choice of a lot. And listen, you guys, you you guys come to Toronto. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're it it pays you there are benefits to being social, to being likable, to being conversational. You know, if right. someone comes to my booth and all they straight to bit, how much for this, how much for this? It's like, I'm not going to bend much on my prices, but if you want to engage in a conversation and tell me about your collection and, and you're happy to be there, I'm, I'm just, it's just part of na human nature and my right. nature anyway, I'm going to want to give you a, I'm going to want to see you happy. You know, I might give you a better deal. So you guys being that nice, nice, friendly, outgoing guys are probably going to get a fair, a really fair price on one, but but to take this whole Toronto Expo thing a step further, yeah, I want to like, not that you need me to, but I want to invite you guys up there if I haven't already. Like, come up, yeah. come up. It's not that far for you. I don't know. Well, maybe it's. No, nah, it's not too far. 
not too far. We got guys that drive up from uh, New York City every year. I know uh, like a half a dozen that drive up every time for it. And um, yeah, I know that the drive from Philly to New York isn't that isn't that long, a couple hours. So yeah. you guys could uh, yeah. easily make your way by by road or or yeah. air. Yeah, okay, I, I think I think 2023 is going to be the the year <laughs> of the cousins traveling. You know, we want to make it down to the Dallas Card Show. We want to make it to Culture Collision. We want to make it to Toronto Expo. So, you know, just try to get you know Burbank Card Show. Uh, you know, we need money. We're gonna, we're gonna have to try to figure out how to get that all done. But you know, maybe somebody could sponsor us and you know just have us take trips and we'll, we'll just pump out great yeah, content yeah. from there. Yeah. Listen, I have the uh, I have the deposit down on a family truckster, so we're good to go. <laughs> there you go. T Dot right here says he bought a Gretzky at the Edmonton show, and the guy would barely budge on price. He might be talking about me. I'm not sure, right? <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, the Edmonton is the other expo. There's two expos gotcha. up here. Edmonton is you know two thousand miles away from Toronto, basically. Oh, wow. uh, north of me, three hours north of me, which and I'm north of Montana, where you know where Toronto's uh, you know near Detroit, sort of thing. So yeah. completely different area of the country. But yeah, it'd be great to see you guys there, and it's a great show. I mean, everyone who came up from the states in the, at the November show absolutely loved it for sure. Uh, Chris C here says LeBron is going up a bit, I would guess, because of the scoring record about to be broken. Brady will climb again once he enters the Hall of Fame. I wonder. I want. I, it depends how far down Brady cards come now that he's out of the spotlight. Will they come back when he goes in the Hall of Fame? His Hall of Fame career is likely built into those values already. And yeah. as far as LeBron going up a bit, again, everyone knows that's happening. So yeah. they might actually come down as people figure yeah take that approach hey they're gonna go up i may, maybe i sell now yep. well the more people that sell them the more supply there is and then yeah. of course i, I think with up. lebron the 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 values have dropped significantly over the past year since the boom and i don't really see a spike coming until he's it's all said and done and when everybody realizes like damn lebron was the man yeah 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 he that that's the thing about lebron he can go up and down during his playing career the lakers are sucking lakers are doing well whatever it is he's it doesn't matter. He is going to go down as an all-timer. He's a yep. he's a Babe Ruth. He's a Mickey Mantle. He's a Michael Jordan. It just yep. is that way. Never yep. mind who's better. It just is that way for sure. Uh, Darren, I, I don't know if you're still there, but thank you for joining. Um, and uh, yeah, T-Dot says, it wasn't me. I was too tall and too busy. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that was a very busy show for me. I was one man with a ton of cards, but um. Okay, nice. well, guys, uh, we're over two hours. That's all right. This was fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we're we're good. To, we're good to end this. What do you think? Absolutely. It's uh, right. what is it? Midnight over here on the East Coast. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can go for another three, but if you want to call it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, let's tell everybody, guys. If you are not yet, you can follow these guys on Instagram at cousins underscore collectibles. Look at the ticker right now, or or and at. Oz the People's Mailman with a bunch of underscores. Just take a look at it. You can find them on IG. And, of course, check out their podcast, Cousins Collectibles, as well as all the other content that they are doing. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Also want to let everybody know, tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, I will be back with Josh Madigan of the Hockey Cards Gong Show. We will be covering the hockey cards ending on PWCC's weekly auction, and there is now no requirement to... Uh, qualify for extended bidding it is all Ooh. access this is going to be a very fun auction and that will be the case when we covered the when adam gray and i covered the premier auction 
which is going to be on Thursday, the 16th of February. That's going to be crazy. You'll want to check that out. No shows next weekend. I will be at Burbank. And then February the 17th, Friday, I'm actually working with a new, a new an, another auction company hosting a live show for them. They are not doing sports cards, but they are doing something else that I collected as a kid. Uh, action figures, that sort of thing. El check out LCG Auctions if you haven't yet. I just registered to bid with them today. And um, if you do register to bid with them, my name is in a dropdown. So let them know that it was uh, that, that I brought them some value and that they got some bidders. Oz, you got something to say. Man, I'm excited about that. Make sure you know you give me a, a little reminder. I don't want to forget that. And I got to definitely register to bid on that because I'm I'm looking to make some moves in, in the toy game, especially when it comes to He-Man. And you showed me a couple of things yesterday where my mouth dropped and I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> I see what you're doing. So I'm like, listen, man, real quick. We got SCL. We got PWCC. We got TAG. We got the Canadian PIMP. Like this guy, you know, he's Mr. Acronym over here. And I just want to say I got to bow down, bro. You know, you are the man, dog. Oh, come on. I mean, uh, all right. Thank you so much. But uh, I'm just having a good time here. Yeah. Hey, just man. like you guys decide to go live one day, start, start a show. And here we are. It's almost I'm almost three years doing this, which is unbelievable to think that that, nice. that sports cards live is just shy of three years old. I can't even believe it, but I appreciate that, Oz. Thank you. Thank you so much. Some comments still coming through. Diamond Card Collector, thank you. Dexflow, these are two of my favorite cousins. Dexflow. Whoever's watching on Facebook, thank you so much. Jeff McMahon, good to see you. Thank you. Bobby Burrell in the house. Enjoyed the show. Nice variety. Thanks, Bobby. Good to know you're there. Thank you. Dexflow says I got AFA graded Transformers. Big Ooh, money. Yeah. LGC, nice. LCG Auctions does uh does some Transformers. I mean, some VHS, which I mean, I'm not sure what's up with VHS collecting, investing, if you will, but the 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 VHS, it's all graded what they're doing. And the selection they have, it's like it's like it's all the classics. It's it's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to learning more <laughs> I about it. I gotta check those out now. Nice. Thank, yeah, check it out. There's like 230 or 40 lots going off. And um, anyway, I'm going to host a live auction show on something that is not sports cards. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So that'll be a lot it. of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm nice. pumped, actually. It, it made me pull out my box of Star Wars figures from, from several <laughs> nice. years back and look through those. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. Anyway, awesome. thanks, TDOT. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Oz, Tony, you guys are awesome. Thank you for joining. Glad we got this done. Stay right there. Everyone else, we'll see you tomorrow, hopefully, 6.30 Pacific on the PWCC Hockey Show. If not, have a great week ahead. And this episode is over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.